gentlemen, and welcome to episode 423 of Weekly Games Chat. My name is Sean, and you've stumbled upon or returned to the world's greatest podcast about video games. I'm not alone, and in just a moment, I'll introduce my my friend, uh, my friends, John and Chris, like we always do. Yeah, that's right. John is back. Hold your excitement. But first, I want to remind everybody that if you choose to do so, you can join us on Twitch.tv and actually watch this week's episode be recorded. Now, you can get to Twitch any way you want to. I'm not gonna. I'm not the guy that's gonna remind you how to do that. You're smart. You got this. Speaking of smart, and you got this. Uh, hey, John. Good to see you again, buddy. Question. <laughs> What's Twitch? <laughs> That's so funny. How was how was PTO? Good to have you back. Well, I, I don't. I, first of all, I don't know what you're talking about. Where were you guys last week? Uh, I was. I was in this chat once Garden. again, <laughs> waiting for you guys to show up. You guys have must have given me the wrong Discord channel or something. Question. <laughs> What's Discord? <laughs> Well, uh, but yeah, how were the the breadsticks and dipping sauces again? Because we know you love the Olive Garden. <laughs> I do love that tour of Italy. Isn't it? Isn't it's it bomb, good, man? It is. Why it is it got, awesome? Why has it got to be twenty dollars though? Because it's know? good. Because it's because <laughs> it's good. Speaking of because it's good, what up, Chris? How you doing, guy? I um, to, it's weird because like on Tuesdays now, I guess it's been this way for a while. Mm-hmm. We we don't see each other on Discord like we used to hang out. And now we like literally see each other for the first time here. So how was your day? How's everything going? Uh, it was fine. It was a lot That's of work. <laughs> it was a lot of yeah. trying to figure things out today. So a lot of I, pounding my head against a wall. I Collectively, there's a circle of friends like RL, you know, yeah. real life friends. And we're all busy today. All of us work for the same company and we all were busy today. Like what is going on work? I don't know. Ooh. Yeah, that's true. I imagine John going to Olive Garden and just going, I'll have the spaghetti and meatball. That's <laughs> <laughs> just very serious. I look, I'm not gonna lie. And I when I was growing up, I used to think Olive Garden was like fancy. Yeah, I thought and, it was like that's where you take your prom date. <laughs> I did take my prom date to Olive Garden. I think. No uh, back in the day. Olive Garden wasn't here when you were going to prom. We went to Macon. Oh, okay. It was either Macon or Montgomery. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but maybe it wasn't prom. Maybe it was just my girlfriend. Maybe at that point it was just but anyway. <laughs> hey, baby, let's go. I remember, I remember <laughs> the first time I had the never ending pasta that I ever heard about it. It was one of maybe possibly one of the first times I ever did it. As I'm sitting down enjoying pasta, the Italian song, When the Moon Hits Your Eye Like a Big Pizza Pie, that's some more. That was playing. And that's I was like, <laughs> Um, but since then i've I've become you know my palate's changed i've grown up and so the tour of italy is where it's at uh you you feel it it takes you it takes you on a journey you know what i'm saying it's It's breadsticks yeah dude when they introduce the alfredo dipping sauce for breadsticks or the other dipping game changer (laughs) (laughs) ladies and gentlemen uh yeah i already see the chat I see the chat, and we'll get right into that. It's kind of funny that that's here. I see you, Slim Timmy. Um, this is the intro part of the show where we do things like what we just did, and we kind of maybe bring a little something to the to the show. Right, you know, let us talk about right before we get into like what we're playing and stuff like that. I we will say that I just saw a tweet like we just we get, did. <laughs> yeah, as we get into 
what we're bringing in for the intro. Chris is going to talk about, of course, Roll Tide. So to kind of lead into that, as soon as we start the show, a tweet hit that said, former Texas A&M coach Kevin Sumlin, who's now the co-offensive coordinator at Maryland, was arrested for DUI over the weekend, uh, which kind of sucks. Yeah. Uh, And Maryland had a bye week after their L that they they lost to. I forget who it was, Chris. But Chris is... Chris... (laughs) Chris is... Look, listen. First off, roll tide. Roll tide. And Chris wants to let everybody know why there was never a doubt Saturday... The third Saturday in October, which was this past Saturday. Never a doubt, Sean. I sat there at halftime. Scoreboard said 20-7 in the favor of that ugly orange team. Jeff is in, we're in Jeff's shed watching the game like we always do, drinking beers, having fun. Except it wasn't really fun for Jeff because Jeff was panicking. Jeff was having a conniption fit as I go and browse the social media. Everyone who's not a Bama fan really, really, really seemed to be excited. Everyone else who was a Bama fan seemed to be very, very down. But, you know, I was like, it's just 13 points, guys. And we get the ball back at half. This could change very quickly. And And boy, did it. I knew we had Jalen Milrow. And that's all I (laughs) needed. The godsend. Yeah, the godsend. Yeah, the chosen one. Uh, Never, you know, everyone says he's the greatest in the country now. (laughs) Isn't that? And I just sat back and for for 30 minutes, I watched excellence. Perfection. I I watched the replay. And, you Mm -hmm. know, you hit a nail on the head just then. Ladies and gentlemen, if you follow sports, college football in this case, do not buy, and and this was back when it's been happening for as long as I really can remember, but at some point it really hit me. The narrative that the national media is going to do on a team that has a winning streak Mm -hmm. or a team that's not supposed to win a game, when it doesn't go according to plan, they flip the script so quickly and just like Chris said, and the example he gave was Jalen Milrow in Alabama lose to Texas, mm-hmm. and they look like crap against South Florida. In the South Florida game, we had no starting quarterback. The team's a mess. Paul Feinbaum's writing us off. Yeah, The national media says we're done. And now, literally, Paul Feinbaum has now said Alabama's going to beat LSU. That's their next scheduled game. And go to the SEC championship game. Uh, so I say that just to remind you, watch your team. You know what your team looks like, and don't buy into the hype because they will flip a swip. And, and now all of a sudden, like Chris said, Jalen Merrill, is, he's, he's fantastic. The Alabama team has come so far since the Texas loss and all this, all this stuff. How about we just say that was the second game of the season? And now we're on the seventh. It's like they forget. Like, I remember the famous one from back in 20, I think it was around 2014, 2015, when they lost to Old Miss, right? Was uh, Joel Klatt, the guy who does play analysis for for Fox. He was on The Herd. And he said, Alabama's got a Nick Saban problem. And he's gone on and said, since then, it's the worst like analysis he's done of his whole entire professional career. Right. It's like they, some of them just don't learn. It's like, yeah, maybe, maybe this will be the year we lose two or three. I don't know, 
But if there's one coach I would not write off until it actually happens, it would probably be Nick Saban. You know, just like with right now, Georgia's down. Everyone, there's a bunch of people. Oh, Brock Bowers hurt. Georgia's for sure going to lose a game here. And then I would go, ah, it's still Kirby Smart. Still haven't seen the SEC East beat them in two years. Actually, three years, right? Because the only team that did beat them before that was Alabama in the SEC championship. So, or no, in the regular season. So, you know, it's like, I I don't know, man. Just, I take it one game at a time and I expect, uh, you know, that if we execute for the most part, we'll be in an opportunity to win every game. So, can't wait for LSU though. Woohoo. Uh-oh, did we lose Sean? Sean's being No, here. I'm here. The oh, mic's okay. always been here. I just lost audio. Uh, I don't know what just happened with my brand new I think cool a like, I, I think a, I appreciate the sentiment of what Chris is trying to say, but I yeah. think the likelihood of a loss for Georgia dramatically increases without Brock Bowers. Kirby Smart just for stands sure. on the side. Kirby Smart stands on the sidelines and says words. He gives Brock you a Bowers great defense. Catches balls with one hand. He uh I would say there's one game I could no, two games in your upcoming schedule that I was like maybe, but I'll be surprised. I would still be very surprised. So Well, Florida is, I think Florida can beat them under the right circumstances. If things went bad, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If, well, yeah, that's the point. <laughs> I've seen, you go to, I mean, it, going bad, Brock Bauer's not playing. It's the mm-hmm. definition of things going bad. Sure. But you got a good quarterback. You got a great defense. One, one okay. thing, one thing that I want, I want you and every Georgia fan to, to kind of understand uh as as a fan that's sitting over here that I don't think you see because I didn't see things when my team was amazing and I used to worry about this, that, and the other, and they would always win or whatever until they didn't. Yes, Brock Bowers is a godsend as a football player for your team. But your team, they did it last year when Tennessee came to town and it was going to be this big game. Mm-hmm. Uh Kentucky came in this year. It was going to be a big test. When your team feels challenged, like truly challenged, whether it be the national media or whatever, they come to play, and then boys will play. When they play a team and they kind of sleepwalk through it because it's Vanderbilt or it's it's whatever, I'm just going to tell you don't fret because the boys will come play when it's time to play. If anybody's going to get Georgia this year, I I do want to agree with you. Sands Brock Bowers and a quarterback in Carson Beck that's still kind of learning the ropes. He's but he's shown tremendous upside, right? Sure. The defense is everybody's saying it's not like last year, but it's still it's phenomenal. Not. It's still yeah. really good. Uh it is what it is, man. Hold on and if you day. do lose a game, you're probably still going to make it to Atlanta uh, to p- probably play either Alabama, which everybody loves that game, or like an LSU team. So it's still – you win that game, you still are into the playoffs probably. That's the, I mean, the, uh, the last team uh, for a team that's ranked in the bottom, I think they're nine, Alabama? Nine now? No? Mm-hmm. 
12? Yeah, nine. Yeah, nine. The last team I want to play is Alabama. Last team. We're you're and that, it, it's got it's got nothing to do with skill. It's got it's got everything to do with psychology. I think even after even even Georgia being the team it is now, um, because when they first won the national title two years ago, I think Alabama was the team they needed to beat for legitimacy. Right. I really do. Fair, but I think that Alabama still has still holds a psychological intimidation factor on Georgia. I think it's there. Maybe. And Maybe. I just don't want I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to deal with that. <laughs> John wants nothing to do with that. Want nothing to do with it. Well, something I wanted everything to do with was two shows that I want to highlight this week on Netflix. God, that felt good being that pro. I'll tell you that much. That was nice. Huh? Mm. <laughs> um, so I caught in the past week uh Bill Burr movie. Chris let me know. He either wrote it or directed it. What, what did you find out both. about it? It's both. He did both. Mm-hmm. It's called Old Dads. Um, uh, Bill Burr. It's, it's it's a Bill Burr movie. It's got Bill Burr's you know classic comedy anger. It's got some really good perspectives, and it it kind of puts you. And if you're in the in the age group of Bill Burr, myself, John, Chris, and you see the world that is changing, sometimes not necessarily for all the right reasons, but change nonetheless. Uh, it's a unique spin in the in the mind of Bill Burr. The supporting cast is great, uh, and I laughed a lot as I watched it. Um, so I highly recommend that one. I don't do that a lot, but check it out if, especially if you like Bill Burr. Another one I checked out uh, was No Hard Feelings. I was a little surprised to see that that made its way to Netflix. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if you're one that knows what's coming to Netflix, you probably knew. I didn't. That's is that the is that the movie about him her being paid to kind of hang yes. around with that kid? Yes. That movie looks so hilarious to me, and I want to it see is. it. It was it, it's that movie. A lot of the movie was promoted on social media. Certain yeah. clips. Uh, I don't know that it did well in the theater. I, it, I don't think it did, it did. Yeah, it did okay for it being an original thing. But yeah, it, it wasn't. Yeah. But I will I mean, say the, the scene where she gets maced in the car. I was dude, like, I've got to see this movie. Dude, there were some laugh out loud moments on it. And it's so cool to see uh, an actress like Jennifer Lawrence, who is she's really she's grown up. She's beautiful. She can act really, really good. And to see her kind of get grungy in this movie and be kind of in a spot where she is. Uh, is a really cool perspective. And I say it that way because she starts off and it's it's a hot mess, right? But as she kind of does this thing and this thing kind of falls into her lap, the reason she has to do it is hilarious. Mm-hmm. And she does so good. The kid that's acting, I don't know his name and I apologize for that. <coughs> uh, I'll look it up while I talk, but He's he funny. is phenomenal too. Um, what is his name? Andrew Barth Feldman. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> he it's it's a classic, you know. She's out of my league type movie with a twist, and I enjoyed every second of it. One laugh out loud moment I got: Matthew Broderick is in it. And he plays the kid's dad, and his name is Laird. And when she's introduced to Laird, she tries to play like this funny joke on the name Laird. Laird has none of it, and so I don't want to spoil it any more than that. Hilarious. Uh, so I would say, I would say, check it out. Um, and as you look at what the movie's about, 
you may notice that there's a thing that Chris brought up before the show. I'm not going to say it. That's not why I watched the movie. I forgot about it, to be honest with you. What is he talking mm. about? I don't know. Go figure it out, world. Um, but with that being said, uh, John John's still full from you know his time off and all the great food he had and the good times he had. Um, his main thing, I think he's going to update us on, you know, kind of what he's been up to when we get into the intro or out of the intro, sorry, and into what we're playing. So, hmm. boys, are we good? Are we in a good space? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, no football talk next week because we have a we have a bye week. Is that right, Chris? And then the next week we'd play LSU. Not unless, uh, yeah, not unless John really wants to talk about the uh, cocktail party, I guess. Oh, that might be some football talk. <laughs> yeah. That's what it, it's called, that, Florida versus Georgia. Yeah, world's biggest cocktail party. Uh, well, I, I I will be watching it one one year. Um, one year somebody offered us tickets to go down there, and we were like, nah, nah. That's how Man. you get killed. <laughs> you don't need to be going down to Jacksonville. Sean, imagine if someone just like walked up to me and offered me tickets to the third Saturday in October. In Tennessee. I'm going. I'm going. Dude, no. I mean, Jacksonville is the most dangerous place for college football. Fact. It is fact. Well, let's go ask Google. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, Jones, it's in Mississippi. In house? <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. But, man, great intro. Great intro. And, uh, yeah, let's get into what we're playing, boys. Woohoo. Here is the theme song. This yeah. Oh, wait. You, that one you were, the thing you what were working we on. I'm still, dude, it's still in the works. I don't know how to tell you this, but the producer guy I know, who's, you know, top tier, friend level, um, he's just, back in the in the early days of his life, when he was a teenager and young adult, he smoked a lot of weed, okay? And ladies and gentlemen, PSA. You smoke a lot of weed, you may forget things and be scatterbrained when you get older. So don't do drugs. Okay. Stop that's it. Just, get some help. That's the backstory that's... on Sean's producer for the new jingle. Stop. But anyway, get you're, for the record, you're moving, you're beginning to move like at the clip of Josh cleaning out his storage shed with this. <laughs> oh, I just want to no. point that out. Super inside joke. And also <laughs> think like a sloth trying to wave at you. That's how slow that is. Yes. Your Zootopia. <laughs> <laughs> utopia yes that was a good movie um, it was but yeah hey john why don't you kick off and let us know what you've been up to um you know uh do you have an update for example i texted you last week if you remember uh that way they can hear your thoughts currently as they stand with mirage uh, and then i know that you know listen if you listen to the show you you're a fan of video games two big ones came out this past time and that was uh, Mario and Spider-Man. And we got you covered there. Oh, crap. I need to buy that. Yeah. No, you bought the collector's PS5 edition with Venom, didn't you? <laughs> huh? I, did, I did not. Man, that, <laughs> it's that sick. Looked, I saw it in person. Look well, good. I bet you did. <laughs> I saw it in a picture in person. What? Yeah, I almost, uh, I almost sent him. I almost responded to his posts on Facebook. See, kids, Facebook is... Um, <laughs> For boomer of, of me holding my copy of Spider-Man Two like this, because <laughs> uh, yeah, that was that was pretty dope. I I had no idea they had a special edition like that. I I didn't. I somehow missed that memo. Um, 
So, but anyway, yeah. So I've been traveling a good bit. My dad got sick for a little bit. So I had to, I had to take care of him a little bit, but then uh, I went to my sister's house in Arkansas, Your little sister? rock, Arkansas, the house that Bill built. Um, I don't know if I ever mentioned this before, Chris, if you ever get a chance to go, it's really funny the the, the, the the Clinton library looks like a fancy double yeah. wide trailer. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it. it's insanely hilarious. But anyway, um, I've spent a good bit of my time when I had the time um, playing Mirage. I'm about, I guess I've played it for about 15 hours or so. So nice. Um, this one is, I mean, th- for me, this one is kind of about getting reacclimated to old school it's it's like re getting introduced and comfortable again uh with 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 how the series used to be and i'm i'm digging it i'm um i listened to the podcast last week so i'm looking forward to seeing how this ends up um to you know a, a common phrase that chris likes to say about games it doesn't earn something mm-hmm. um so we'll see if that We'll see if that is some, I, I, what I've, what I have, what I have promised myself is before I decide to finish Mirage, I need to spend two to three more hours just beelining the main story of Valhalla just to get it, just to get that taken care of. Yeah. I really think that's something I need to do to give myself uh justification for finishing this because don't forget this was DLC. This was, this, this, this game was designed mm. for people to have valhalla in context when they decided to put it you know there i i think i i i'm really high on the game i would never argue that it's in the top tier echelon of the of the series but like i think Odyssey, right yeah i heard that joke too so see <laughs> so you, you started a baseline of zero i thought that was really funny <laughs> uh, so but um i think some things should be taken into account at least for me personally, about the, the the game being as large as it is, as as long as it is, being twenty dollars cheaper than most games are today. I think I think that should be taken into account. It's pretty expansive for something like that. So, you know, I'm looking forward to finishing it up and perhaps in the future um, giving my final score. I really liked. At first, it was it was it was a turnoff, but I'm starting to really kind of like the minimalist design of of the stats and the upgrades and things like that. It, it's mm. it's not trying to go full blown Witcher RPG on you. It's, they're they're giving you the taste of what you've had in the previous games, three previous games, but it's still just it's really it's really really leaning towards its roots while keeping some of the modern stuff, you know, in play. I, I don't know what it is. I'd love to. I'd I'd love to get a, one of the dev developers on this program, and ask them why it is so challenging to make your character not run up a wall when you just don't want them to. Yeah. I'd lo- <laughs> I'd love to because there's got to be something. There's got to be something about that that's tough for the developers. Yeah, and how to is conquer. that? Been? And there's, you know, that that's that's just something there. So I'll just I'll just leave that there with Mirage. Totally gotta, enjoying it, loving the setting. Um, Sean, were you about to say something? Yeah, I said I, was, I got a question, and it kind of is for both of you guys. And I, I was kind of waiting to see both of your perspectives on it. So, you both of you played Valhalla, 
And both of you kind of know the story of our guy in this game. Well, and John, you wanted Chris knows. Yeah. Well, and you, you feel like it's important and I wanted to give a perspective and then ask a question. <clears throat> I so far have not felt like I needed that. Uh, Chris said towards the end of the game, there will be a moment that if you had that, it, it'll be a little more satisfying, but he didn't necessarily say it was necessary to, to kind of get the game. So, do you think somebody like myself, when it's all said and done and I finished Mirage, am I going to be punished because I didn't get to the point in Valhalla where I know what's going on? Or do you think they covered it up enough to where it's going to it's gonna give exactly what it needs to give to the people who do know while also catering to those who don't? Um, you're going to... you're gonna Okay, sorry. Go ahead, Chris. I would say the stuff I'm talking about is more so the meta overall of like where the series is going and they don't explain what happens at the end. It's just, I think it's inferred that you under like to John's point that this was originally DLC, right. And therefore coming after the main release of the game, their expectation was probably you were going to know how Basim's story ends in Valhalla and what happened as far Wait, as the major it ends in Valhalla. Yeah. Right. Uh, how, you know, the major <laughs> meta is affected by it. And I would just say, you're going to be like, you're going to come back and just be like, what does this mean? Like you're going to have a lot of questions in your head because you're just not going to have context to it. That's fair. And, I, and I'm really trying to say it without like spoiling it. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Right. Something happened. Something happened to me last week that made me really decide to do this. I was watching a overview Assassin's Creed video, like, hey, here's your top 10. Oh, here, here here's 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 the story so far. Here's that, you know, that kind of stuff. True. And videos. it and it accidentally dropped some footage in Valhalla that I probably shouldn't have seen. And I immediately clicked off of it. But I was like, spoilers. I'm like, hmm. This is interesting. I don't know if I saw what I saw. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? Right. But like you, you saw what you saw. saw. You think you saw it's, something, but you don't know it. Right. You don't know. You don't know for sure. So you're giving yourself that uh, that that suspense there. But I, I think that you're because my presumptions of this character in Valhalla currently as when I left it was here's an assassin mm-hmm. who is guiding Eivor on occasion. Mm-hmm. who you go back and talk to in town every once in a while. And that's kind of the purpose he has served throughout the narrative of my experience on Valhalla so far. But I'm guessing that something is something much bigger than what I assume he is, yeah. is in this game. I don't know. I don't know 100% what that is, but I go, I think, I think, I think what he's dealing with internally um like dreams and things that he's having, which I won't spoil in Mirage may have something to do with the future. He plays in Valhalla, whether that's, and I'll just leave that there. I probably said a little bit, a bit too much, but I was zoned out watching the comments. So you're good to go. Good deal. It's just one of those things like where you remember the older games, right? There was a lot of like meta stuff, like especially with Desmond, right? Yeah. And, and all that. And when we got to, especially, Assassin's Creed four, they kind of, for a long while, they really pushed it hardcore to the side. And there was a little bit that started to trickle back, right? Like when we got 
into origins and up through Valhalla, right? Like, you know, I know John, you know, like the stuff with Layla, right? And and then of course like Eric Clapton. Yeah. You know. Layla. The main yeah, the main character just walks around playing guitar and singing her name. <laughs> That'd be amazing. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh like you know, and it builds like there's an arc. I would say like it's a definitive trilogy in a way that you know going back to the early games was right um and this i thought like my worry was going into this if you didn't have any of it you were gonna be really lost right with what they were showing but here they kind of push it to the back but they still reference it there at the end and that's that's okay. where i'm saying like it, you're just it's not necessary like my criticism as far as how it ended like the one thing i said that wasn't earned has nothing to do with the meta stuff. I got yeah, yeah, you did say different. that last week too, I think. Yeah. 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 So a follow-up, just kind of really just a, an opinion. Mm -hmm. I kind of I kind of felt like it was BS when they when they promoted this game because or I should say the way they promoted it as is kind of like going back to its roots, going back to what the fans love, going back old school. I don't know that they're gonna stay on that path i don't and i don't know that it's simply so. because i don't think even if this game was good and people gave it more than like sevens or eights if it was acclaimed as being a masterpiece i don't know that ubisoft still wants to make assassin's creed games that are like the early games am i crazy in that thought do you think that this is a one-off and um, it is a one-off because it was supposed to be a dlc or, or I, yeah what do you guys I think? think i think it was a wait and see um, I think it was a DLC. Obviously, everybody knows that. So well, they released it because they needed content to put out Correct. as a company. Okay. Yeah. But according to Ubisoft, whatever this means, and we can go, we can go and, and extrapolate perhaps what the number what the hard numbers are based on what we've learned from the past. But they have said that this is on par. This has sold just as much uh as Valhalla and Odyssey. Really? Okay. Yes. This game. Now, there's a couple of factors to take into to account there. People look at it and say, well, this is $49. Let me just go ahead and get it. So there's right. a lot of factors there to think about when you're talking about what this means. But the um, reason I say it's a wait and see is because I think Ubisoft now potentially has incentive to produce and develop games in this vein of Assassin's Creed. So I think that I think that there's a real possibility going forward, and, and we can already see it with what they're planning. I mean, how many how many games were announced last year? Like 23 Assassin's Creed games. It was ridiculous. Sure, Assassin's but you could see that they're going through this process, and I think they're going to make room for both tiers of Assassin's Creed. Yeah, that's cool. Based on based on the financial results that at least what they say is occurring with Mirage and Mirage, I mean. It's 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 not even it's not out of the realm of 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 Metacritic scores in the past for Assassin's Creed games. We know that, but it's one of the lower Assassin's Creed games that we've seen since at least Syndicate yeah, and true. Unity. Mm. Yes, Paul. <clears throat> Peace, Paul. <laughs> what do you think, Chris? You think it's a one-off? Um, or no. Like, like I did? think yeah. It it's a lot of Ubisoft trying to figure out the equation for themselves, where it's like. Hey, things like Odyssey and Valhalla uh, did insanely well, like sold better than anything before it, right? On the flip side, they take a lot longer to develop 
and a lot more resource and they cost a lot of money and it's a big risk every single time you release one because you know they've seen it before with like when you got to like syndicate where when the series starts to kind of lose its luster with the audience because they're like we've done this enough i don't need another one of these right now it's hard for it to keep making that money so i think they're trying to find a balance where it's like how do we make games that can be done in a much shorter window right well if you Mm -hmm. go back to an older formula in a much smaller style game that's a lot more cost affordable right where if john's right like maybe the trend doesn't keep up where mirage sells as much as the last two games but if it does you know somewhere in the vein between 10 and 20 million and it took you half the time that one of the big ones takes and can fill a gap like where you know red like assassin's creed red comes out and then you have another two three years before you're going to be able to release another one of those you make this one in the middle and it's half the price and it still makes pretty good sales. That's, that's great for them. You know, that's, that's a good balance to then say, Hey, we're going to couple that with far cry still. And, um, and, you know, siege and all those other things we have, uh, to Beyond make up evil. <laughs> uh. I mean, I mean, it, it, I think, I think Mirage is kind of like at the end, the beginning of their, of their, side games i think you could you know i think yeah. you could have an adventure that stars Ezio's father when he was an assassin i mean i think you can have an adventure of of haytham kenway before he went to the templars i mean there's so many things Who? <laughs> <Says Sean>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so many things you can do yeah. with this Which, does it, it, make, I mean, it makes us happy right i mean it's have a game with um have a game with um what is her name um, Agatha, Cassandra, <laughs> no Origins. Uh, oh, his wife. yeah, yeah. Actually, do that, Miss Bayak. <laughs> yeah, Miss. Bi- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means, but it makes me happy to see. Well, Origins uh, was originally pitched as um, as um, a female Bayak's Bayak's wife. I think. I gosh, her name escapes me, and that's. But in, in Assassin's Creed 2, you go down into the crypt and you see these statues Shut of different up. assassins. And no. the person in the middle is no. Bayek's wife. No. Yeah. Bayek's wife. That gets me nerd, nerd. As the, as, the founder, as the founder of the Hidden Ones. But in Origins, you don't play as Bayek's wife. You play as Bayek, which was a decision, Aya. so they say. Huh? Aya. 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 Yeah, no B. You, you play, and this, and Assassin's Creed Two. Obviously, they they had this, they had this already, this character already created. I mean, she already existed. So when they decided the the leadership team, according to what they say, the leadership team decided that, you know, uh, gamers want to play as a male protagonist, and we true. know that's not true. Hey, a minute ago, before I became, be, before I became, before I became. Quincy question. I think you were pivoting to also say, aside from that update from Assassin's yeah. Creed. You yeah, you you uh, you ruined it. As I tend to do. Speaking of uh ruin it, I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> gonna destroy this this miniature Twix. Oh, also, yeah. ladies and do gentlemen, slowly, I don't wanna slowly, I don't wanna slowly <laughs> I don't wanna get you guys too excited, but Chris is enjoying a beverage and this could turn into something special. It could. It depends on how many beverages he has. 
I'm jealous. Where's, where's the Bud Light? <laughs> I guess Chris There's never been a Bud Light in my hand. I listen. <laughs> I, I I got a gift. This is big, this is quick. This has to do about alcohol, and it was a bottle of uh, not vodka. What's the clear? Maybe it was vodka. I don't know. Gin. And it it, Gin? it goes in a margarita. Oh, no, tequila. tequila. So it was clear tequila. Is that usually how that works? Yeah, okay. Don't drink much, right? Clear. And then on the other hand was this bottle that had like dried stuff in it, like limes and seasoning and margarita spices. And what you're supposed to do is take the liquor or the tequila, put it in there, let it marinate for two to three hours, and then add lemon juice to it. I think that lemon, like lemonade. And I think that was supposed to make it a concoction. So we put it in there and we were excited because it was our anniversary and we were going to finally drink it. When I poured it in there and it sat, I thought when you think margarita, you think, well, like a green color, right? If you think limes and dried, that junk turned like, like Chris's room color orange. Hmm. <laughs> it was weird. Nice. And then I thought, will, will lemonade go with that and make it green? Needless to say, it's still sitting in the refrigerator and we're going to donate that to Chris to have a No, I, will, I, I never <laughs> want tequila. <laughs> <laughs> but John, uh, what you got, man? So I am. I'll, I'll be brief on this because I'm. I'm sure that Chris has a lot more to say about this. But I, but I started Spider Man Two. Um, what? I'm a good ways in. Well, Chris will be the judge of that. I'm probably not a that good ways in. But you're about, um, you're about through the first act. I would call it. Yeah. Of the three acts. Yay, yay me! Uh, but um, I. <laughs> I will say that 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 whatever you could hope of a game, a sequel, is do everything that the first one did, do it better, do it bigger, do it louder. And I think they've done that here. Um so I'm really loving my time with it. We'll see what happens when it when it wraps up. I don't imagine that being changed too much. But one thing I really, really like about it is it learned something from Spider-Man Miles Morales, which so far I think is still the third best game. I don't think it's better than the first original game. But one thing I really loved about that is it took Miles, took his community, and made them very dependent upon each other. And one thing I think this game does really well is is it make it, the characters Miles and Peter are more engaged with the people in the world mm-hmm. than than the original game. I mean, I won't spoil the different reasons why, but you find yourself talking to people more, listening to people more, um kind of being more sympathetic characters that are empathetic with the people that they're trying to help, not just these not just these superheroes that sit on top of Avengers Tower hear a police radio chime in and go and go take care of something. Mm-hmm. They seem to be at least so far in the story a lot more engaged as characters with the world that they simply in the first one sort of swing through and it's kind of like this playground. So the world seems a little bit more organic that way and I really really appreciate that improvement. It's something that was never a complaint but I appreciate the things that I didn't even really notice that I wanted. Um, that really makes the story a whole lot more engaging. It's still doing, um, it's still doing a, something <clears throat> that I hate in video games, particularly. And, and I'll, and I'll, I'll say this. I hate this with PlayStation. 
I wish they'd stop doing this. Many people might love this for some reason. I do not. I think, I think, I think truly great games do this and I can't stand it. Last of Us does it. Last of Us Part 2 does it. It puts you in these situations where it forces you to walk around in no action sequences, engaging with things that you just think a cutscene would suffice. Like, I have to walk over to somebody and learn about koi fish. Why do I have to do that? This, this, these circumstances at Con- in Coney Island, which I won't spoil, really drag down hey, Coney the Island's tempo. The it is New York. Really drag down the tempo of maybe sometimes this stuff works in certain games, but in a but in a highly kinetic superhero game where you were swinging all over the place and it's fast, combat heavy, it, it these kinds of things drag it down, and I don't like it. I just think that cutscenes will get the job done. I'd, I'd rather sit there and watch it than minutely engage with it. Um, if, if that, if that makes sense, but I'll just, I'll leave that there. It, uh, but the menus, the costumes, um, doing <laughs> all, all good. these things, it's all gravy. It's all good. And I'm, and I, it's, it's so, it's so fun to be Spider-Man. Um, Spider-Man. It's, I was about to say both of them, but, uh, um, Spider-Man, Spider-Man. But, uh, yeah, I'm really, I'm at this point now where, you're playing as somebody else. What? And I'm like, okay. You did. And this is not, I mean, it's like, I know, I know. And, and those were things that kind of dragged down those things to me as well. But Hmm. I don't really get, I don't really get why. I don't know what the decision process is of making this, making, putting these in games. Maybe it works for a vast majority of players, but to me, it just it's something i can totally live without i mean uh, uh, push your narrative forward without doing this type of stuff it it's just so mundane and i just wanted to die just doing it um i mean i don't i don't want to i don't want to play a water game hitting a target for 3 seconds when i could just move on to something else but I'll leave it there as far as that. But again, one of the things I remember distinctly saying about the original Spider-Man when we were talking about games of the year, that game was the reason, is a shiny example of why I play video games. And that is still remains the same in this instance. But I'll, I'll let Chris uh, yeah. take the rest, <laughs> because, take, take all this home because I know he's, I know he's uh, probably gotten more time with it. Well, to say that is an understatement. Uh, we need to properly introduce a platinum champion who was indeed greater uh, when he played Spider-Man. And ladies and gentlemen, that is the one and only Chris. Uh, Chris, can you maybe lead in to say, because part of the platinum is, and you talk to me mm-hmm. about, like, you know, you're hanging out with us. And I was, I was there, ladies and gentlemen, when he platinum. It was a great moment. Uh, our friend that was with us totally missed it, by the way. <laughs> Um, but did you get that sense of uh, community like John pointed out? And is that because you meant you made a comment to me? And the reason I'm asking you this question is because you were proud of of helping out every borough and mm-hmm. and like being a true hero. So, man, the the wheels are yours, dude. And yet, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, platinum Spider Man Two, Chris, take it away. Yeah. Um. As far as the bur- well, the sense of community 
yeah, like John's right. That's one of the big parts of Miles Morales that works really well. Like they, you know, one of the huge parts of Miles Morales is that he is Harlem Spider-Man, right? And I think they were smart to build on that. They do it a little bit more here. Uh, there is a storyline where that kind of directly ties in again. Um, and there are a number of side missions that do kind of attach you to those things. And I think that's like, as far as the side content, that's the best of it. Like to me is like when you're doing those kinds of things where there's a narrative to it, where it's not just kind of what I would say was one of the things I really didn't, my big criticisms I could say of the original game and even at times it's sequel and it's here too, which is like, you know, just kind of a very basic open world map as far as activities like, yeah, there's some collectibles to go do here. There's some bases for you to go liberate of enemy types, right? Um, and things like that. There's a lot of that here again. And that's where I have to say, like, those activities probably brought me out of it the most as far as during my time where I was just like, Meh, okay, yeah, great. Because it wasn't even like the collectibles. I'll give credit in the first game I liked because they were filling in gaps to our character that we didn't know because this was a Peter Parker who had been Spider-Man for seven years. So we didn't see the origin. Right. And here it's just like stuff like he gets bit by radioactive spider. Yeah. It's like, Hey, here's what this time. It's more of like, (laughs) here are these places in New York and uh, you know, stuff like that. And some of it's entertaining. Ours. I was just like, okay, yeah, whatever. And moved on from it. Um, And there's a whole other thing with like collecting little spider bots that are painted up as different characters and variations of uh, Spider-Man through all the years. Um, But, you know, as far as the meat and potatoes of it, like John is right. Like the best thing you can ask for is for a game to innovate on its systems. And I think like that is what this game does very well, right? Like it's unfair to ask Spider-Man to completely reinvent its combat right and and say that it has to do something completely as groundbreaking and uh of what drew you in to 2018 it makes a lot more sense for it to go what were the parts that didn't work and how do we improve those well the first game i think like you kind of just had things tied to a suit as far as your abilities and then you had gadgets on a wheel instead of this time everything is now button combinations on both Uh, the L1 and R1 buttons, right? Kind of similar to what they did in Miles Morales with his Venom power. So now I find myself using all the gadgets I have at my disposal. I find myself using all the powers I have in, uh, you know, like Peter with his spider arms and uh, Miles with his Venom powers, right? And it's like a beautiful symphony when you start to like combine everything in your, you know, stunning enemies and dashing in and launching them up in the air and doing like four or five hit combos in a row, right? Before they all hit the ground. Like that's really good. The other thing is you could say like the weapon or I'm sorry, the enemy variety was very limited and how you had to deal with them was kind of a repeat. Like you understood there's a big brute in front of you. What do you do? You wait for him to swing, you slide under his legs, you hit him with the web and then you punch him and do that. If it's a regular dude, you just punch him up in the air and you combo him. Right. And that was kind of like 90% of the combat gameplay for, for that first game 
Here it's like, no, now there's a parry system. So you have to sit there and when people have blades or they're big brutes, you can't just go under their legs and that's it. You have to think about all the tools you have at your disposal or learning how to time their strikes so it opens them up to do those hits. And I think that's like a really, really good evolution of that combat system without necessarily reinventing the wheel. Um, yeah, Chris, I'm getting bodied more than I anticipated. In this yeah. Game. Uh, my one knock on this, I will say, make sure you focus early on with your upgrades on damage and gang that leveled as quickly as you can, because they are very spongy at this game in this game early on. Like if you're not doing stealth early on, you're going to find yourself in fights with basic enemies that seem like they go way longer than they should. Um, so that's just pro tip there. Make sure you upgrade very early on your damage whenever you can, because once I started doing that, the game got 10 times more fun for me. Um, as far as though, like getting back to it and what I think they do well, like I would say the story, as far as the emotional level, when I got through it hit more with those first two games, uh, than it did for this one. And I think it was just like, you know, for those who have played Spider-Man one, the, the really big shock that comes towards the end of that game, as far as what choices Spider-Man is left to deal with and, and how he chooses to deal with them. What, you know, it hit a chord like that. You just don't get very often in, in uh comic book stuff, like where I was like, wow, they were really taking a risk with this. You know, that's a big statement to do something like that. And they made it meaningful. Uh, and the flip side, doing someone like Miles Morales where you were doing a completely original character for the villain and still making it pull that same emotional stakes where you don't feel like you're as connected to Miles, I think. Like as, as far as us, especially myself as a comic book reader through the years, I've definitely read way more Peter Parker comics than Miles Morales comics, right? Um, this one was you know, kind of more to me, like less of that level of personalization to it, but it's still an interesting chapter to it because it feels like it's almost like a little bit of like the dark night, like of things out of your control and how are you responding to them and what are you doing to overcome them? I think the story is a little bit more predictable, especially like, I think I got to the end of the first act, like about where you were, John. And I was able to look at it and I'd say, I think this is how this game is going to go and wrap up. And I'm pretty sure this is what's going to set up for a sequel. And I was 100% right. And I, I don't say that as like, I felt like I was some genius. It was just like logical thinking of looking and saying, if you know Spider-Man, you'd be like, yeah, that's probably what they're going to do, you know? But that doesn't mean it's not really well done because I think, you know, of course the big thing marketed here is Venom. When Venom hits in this game, it's whoa, whoa, whoa! Venom's in this, <laughs> right? Wait, yeah. what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's it's. I think it's everything you would want in a Venom arc for a Spider-Man game. Like it feels like it has that level, that that you know that large scale and everything like that. Uh, and it's just really, really freaking awesome. And I mean, <laughs> I could easily see them. I mean, if they want to at some point do a spinoff, I could see them having a good start here. <laughs> uh, I also see a lot of things setting up in this game where if they want to do DLC or something similar to Miles Morales, 
they have avenues for that. <laughs> so there's a lot of cool things that they've kind of built out with this. Um, but yeah, I think the the best thing I can really say about this game, the story is truly a crescendo. Like the low is the beginning of the game with Craven, and it just starts building and building and building and everything kind of gets amped the further and further you go in and you get more powerful. And by the time you get to the end of it, that's what <laughs> it, it's great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I love, I, I definitely love it. You know, I couldn't ask more from, you know, a Spider-Man game or a hero game. Like I like the Batman games. I've enjoyed the Arkham games, but to me, this is now probably easily my favorite superhero. It's kind of like the standard games. now, I think. Right? Yeah. And also, there's a moment there there's a side activity in this i really can't wait for the iron man game <laughs> and i really want a superman game because the 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 traversal with the wingsuit there's like a set of missions you do with that where it's kind of unlimited uninterrupted flight in a way because it, it's got a reason behind it right yeah as i was zipping around new york i was just like this is freaking great like this needs to be a game. I need a, I need a hero. I need a Thor game where he's flying or whatever. And it doesn't necessarily need to be Insomniac doing it. I just need someone who has their sensibility of like control and direction, right? To make that game. It's top notch to go through. Yeah. Um, the and only they do have Iron Man VR though. It's yeah. legit. That's true. That's true. But I want it's, it, le you know. it's legit. You know, but I want real graphics. I know. No, I know. No. I know, I know. I know. That was just that was right there. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. Um, <laughs> I will say I was surprised. I did have some technical issues with the game. They weren't major, major, but I mean, I had like four or five crashes, like hard crashes, during my time. That was really surprising to me because like I've never had that with the first two games. Uh, and I also had some like freezes as far as. Like, you know, you have those button prompts that come on, hit L1 in square right now. And I would just sit there. <laughs> like three minutes There's of just nothing. Happens, nothing yeah. And yeah, I have to restart the game. The one good thing is that game saves so much that it's not really a problem. Like you go right back to where it is. And John, I'll go on record. This is the best fast travel ever i don't know oh, dude you just I, I was like man i forgot to talk about this i forgot to talk about this you you literally <laughs> sean so you have to earn fast travel like so with all, all those districts the second tier of rewards you get from them is fast travel once you have that you literally can pull up the map at any point in the district you've got unlocked and just hold down triangle on a point in that district it will move it to make sure you're in the street as opposed to in the middle of a freaking building <laughs> And I am talking less than a second. You are transported to that spot on the map in motion in game. It is amazing to behold. Uh, it's a that's because of the power of PS5's yeah. SSD. It's, yeah, it's a it's it's a, it's a spectacle. Chris isn't even giving it justice. It's no, it shows yeah. you it shows you immediately gliding into the area. Mm. It's in plus that motion. <laughs> it's insane yeah i do i i don't know that i love the fact that you have to like you can you can beeline the game sure like let's i'm just i'm just i'm not doing i'm not saving anybody from exploding gas trucks i'm Cuss not word them i'm not doing all any of that i'm just beelining it if you beeline it you'll never unlock fast travel it, yeah. it really seems to me it, i could I, be mis. if you start the doing the side activities you're dead that's, that's my point yeah yeah 
if you don't, if you just come, if I, I'm, I don't care about this, I just care about story. You'll never unlock fast travel. Yeah. And you're so going to have a much point, harder like, time. <laughs> and that point in the first game, it's like you go to certain police precincts and do a certain thing and you have fast travel unlocked now. Mm-hmm. But now you have to do, you have to spend 20 or 30 minutes doing activities in a district and then it goes, okay, now we've, now we've rewarded you with fast travel to this location. It, and it, I don't know. It, it's, it's interesting. It, it, it's an incentive to get you to do these activities, but for someone who doesn't really want to, you're never going to see fast travel in any rewarding type of way. And it's, it's almost like it understands you've gotten to the point where it's so worth it to you to have it because they you're, you're committed to going those places. And like, especially as you go further in the game, you get more of those open world activities. I have to say the one thing that's nice is not being up, like looking all the way up in Harlem, there's a hunter's thing. I got to go, you know, take out right. And having to swing up there or, or go to a subway point, like it used to be to just open up the map and hold triangle over it. And I basically within a second, am swinging around it and I can just go straight into the mission. It's, it's really nice. Um, because like, and, and the thing is traversal is so good in the game, especially with that wingsuit. You, you really don't even need the fast travel to have a great time. Like I found myself more often than not, unless I was doing that side stuff and I was just trying to, you know, kind of completionist it type thing. I found myself more often not just swinging and gliding through the city because like there are these wind tunnels that will propel you so fast through it. It makes traversal so easy despite the, the expanded size of the map from the first one. But are we okay with Spider-Man flying? Yes. He's Spider-Man. He's always had wings. I know, but he's, He's I know. Well, he's not flying. He's gliding. He's not flying. He's gliding. Yeah. I mean, he'll eventually, you know. Oh, you suck. (laughs) Um, Chris. I want to go. Sorry. Go ahead. You go ahead. You started technically talking. I was just like, I just, I just want to say one quick thing, not about the game itself, but about insomniac games. Um, Mm. I think, I think, I think it is officially clear and I've been saying it for a long time. Sony bought this studio for $200 million. It was a steal. Oh yeah. Insomniac Games is now Sony's MVP. And if you don't think that, it's only because you don't know what you're talking about. You made that very like like I mean, now we have to fight each other. Insomniac didn't give them a hit TV show. <laughs> right. Everything Insomniac's been huge at has been primarily based off of established IP. Uh Insomniac didn't birth Neil Druckmann. Yeah, Neil Druckmann doesn't work for Insomniac, John. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you've heard it here. Insomniac have, didn't make Astrobot. We have two out of the three hosts that have no idea what they're talking about. No. Wait, I would Neil definitely Druckmann I think they're Insomniac? they're definitely in the best of their <laughs> open world studios for sure. And I mean I no, think no, no, the, I'm talking about I'm talking exactly about revenue. Asked. It's I'm Santa Monica, about, bro. I'm talking about revenue. I'm talking about consistency. I'm talking about their understanding of PlayStation 5's technology. God of War 2. <laughs> God of War, old God of War. God of War 2, old God of War. Right. God, right. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, there's a little game called Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> yeah. On Twitch, since we're on Twitch, I'll I'll bring this in. They a lot of times you'll do these like rankings of things. Usually streamers do streamers. We're gonna do this. We're gonna say in your case, John, 
I think we all agree that Insomniac would get put in S tier. Sure. S would be above A, John. And then B, C, D, E, F, and all that stuff. Or just, I, think, I said what yeah. I said. I think I said top, what I said. Now I just confirmed what you said. The top two. The same S tier would also I be think, Santa Monica. I think you can look at every metric that somebody would want to throw your way. Not the fact that Neil Druckmann exists on a certain team. Good. Not the fact that they finally broken into TV. Good. Well, I mean, when it comes to the output of games in the most reliable studio that PlayStation 5 has right now, as far as its ability to throw out hits, it is Insomniac Games. It is not Naughty Dog. It is not Santa Monica. It is Insomniac Games. Uncharted 1, Uncharted 2, Uncharted 3, Uncharted 4. Last Chris, of Us Part One. You're talking Last about fifty. You're Last talking about fifteen behind. years ago, man. Good. I, I mean, years ago. That's, that's awesome. That's, fifteen years ago. So, but, but I mean, like they were making games back then too. No, 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 Chris. <laughs> I think you need to. I think I need. If I'm not explaining this correctly, I, I apologize. Help. I'm talking about the value of the studios as they exist today. Yes. Not the, legacy. Not legacy. I'm yes, not talking about and the legacy. value of. I would say right now. I mean, if I took away, if I did not have Marvel properties, I don't know why this is controversial? I really I don't. I mean, I'm just uh, look. I'm looking at Last of Us Part Three. Whenever it gets announced, will be probably the most anticipated Sony game whenever that year comes out. No, I think I think the things that Last of Us Part Two has done has already kind of burned a lot of bridges. You're still going to get a high quality game and a great game, and critics are going to love it. But as far as adaptability from the audience and embracing embracing from the audience, Last you, of Us Part Two did damage. You don't think that because they have a hit TV show, they will have more people who give that game a try? I mean, I'm Not just... really. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I would say that's what I think. I think it I think, more likely. Uh, no, I think, I think that's more... I think the game's existence is more beneficial to the show than the show is beneficial to the game. I don't know. I think they'll do fine. <laughs> my grandma really liked Last of Us on television, but that doesn't mean she's going to play the game. You know what but I'm saying? There's a lot of people who didn't play Last of Us that watched the show that then in turn wanted to know what all this Last of Us game was about. Yeah. To your to your point. I mean, like, it, uh, look, I'm not even the biggest Last of Us defender, but <laughs> it's like I what I always hear last generation. What was the biggest game on PS3 or going back to there? It's Last of Us. What was the one that everyone talked about? going throughout ps4 era was still last of us you know that's one of the biggest titles what game was time. not chris's game of the year yeah the last, last of us, of us. <laughs> i mean I'm just, kidding. I'm just kidding i don't know I, um, I would just say from 2018 to now what's the most viable studio sony Santa Monica. <laughs> yeah I, I really think so. I, i'm i'm really shocked you guys think this spider-man I mean, has outsold both of those games both all three i mean all they've they've outsold those titles Hmm. But that's because doubt. I think that's more so because it's Spider-Man. Well, wait, no, Spider-Man also like has, like Ratchet and Clank. How did Ratchet and Clank do compared to Last of Us? Did Insomniac make this one? That's what Charlie, I they did. Played they had three games. <laughs> Santa Monica only had two games. Of course, they sold more. Activision did a lot of Spider-Man games. What? You're right. I'm just and, saying, man. And now you, either you know make what? a good game or you don't. And now Microsoft right. owns all those games. <laughs> I'm Chad just is saying, saying what about that Insomniac Wolverine game? I am waiting for that. Yeah. 
uh, let me know when you see something about it again. Chris, I got a question for you. You you platinum this game, and I want to make sure people understand that that's that's legit. Sure. When did you when did you go into it and go? Did you go into it? I should say. I'm going to platinum this game. Or as you were playing it, you were like, wait, that's attainable. And I like no, this game I've, enough to platinum it. I've platinumed every Spider-Man game made by Insomniac. So so Spider-Man 1 and Miles Morales, you've platinum both? Yep. Nice. So, you know, I'm sure if they put out, whenever they put out Wolverine, I'll probably platinum that as well. <laughs> Unless it's like oh. a 60-hour experience for some reason. Well, I platinum Santa Monica games when I play it. <clears throat> no, nothing. Guys, <laughs> I also platinum both God of War one and two. That was more for John, who hates God of War. That's why he thinks Insomniac's better. Let's bring that narrative back that John hates God of War. Why do you hate Corey Balrog? Right, what happened, John? Um, Chris, yeah, you uh, you finished the game, dude. So you have an obligation to the fans to say say more and do a thing. Uh oh, Richard. I mean. Uh, if anyone I would, would know about it, it would be pla- it would be platinum lockered. <laughs> it's uh yeah, it's a solid nine for me. Oh, oh! I just sitting on a fastball and got the curveball. <laughs> that wasn't hard to do yesterday. <laughs> oh, uh, so the reason I'm acting like that, uh, and John was convinced, by the way, that mm-hmm. that Chris hated this game, <laughs> but. but we we were uh we were hanging what? out with Chris yesterday. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> when he finished it, <laughs> and uh, when he there's a when you hang out with Chris, like and you you know him like we do. There's I told you this yesterday, Chris, and it's we all have these. We all have tales. You know, sure. You just know, and and I know you took off Friday to play the game. You were, you've been excited about it since you heard about it. Yeah. Uh, and and I know that. When you were done and your process and everything, you brought up the crashes. Yeah. And I thought, I thought, oh crap. That's gonna be the and it wasn't to your yeah. point and to you to you, yeah. In fairness to you, it was not. Um if it was happening all the time, or if it was like truly a thing, like where because of the way the systems were, it was screwing me over. Like I would be really screwed uh and angry with something like Elden Ring, for instance, right? Ooh. Having crashes where Ooh. It could mean death and loss of progression, and you know there's not much saving in that game. But for something like this, where you know, sure, it sucks that it's crashed. I they should go fix that, you know. But like, I never once had like an issue with frame rate drops and other things were just kind of normal bugs that you kind of experience in an open world game. Like, yeah, guess what? Sometimes enemies get hung up somewhere, right? Sometimes they kind of check out when they should be doing something else. And it sucks in those moments, but literally any open world game, you're going to come across that during your playthrough at some point. So I'm uh, not World very... of Warcraft has never crashed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those servers <laughs> have never gone down, have they? <laughs> um, totally different game. I get it. Well, that's cool, man. I, I've, I've loaded up because also this is another follow-up question. Both of you kind of maybe understand the importance of this. Yeah. Do you still stand by this? Sure. I think I asked you, and I already know the answer, but you may want to add something else or whatever. Um, Miles Morales came out, and Miles Morales was not in the first game. This was a standalone story about Miles Morales. And now in this new game, obviously, it's catered around being greater together, and there's sure. everybody. 
Is it important to at least know of the story that existed in the Miles I, Morales game? I do not think you should play this game until you play Miles Morales. There you go. I think it is meant to be played like the events of the end of that game. They're referenced consistently. People who are introduced in that game are major in this one, right? Especially like Genki. Like Genki is kind of who? Exactly. Like the main person that you're talking to for most of these missions. Um, and I think it just, it builds off like, you know, each character is going in an arc in this game as far as like their path in life. And you're going to be completely lost on one of those if you haven't played it. You know, that, that would be my suggestion. And it's not entirely a long game, so do yourself a favor. Yeah, there yeah, is, there is a recap thing like previously on, but it, it's so high level that I just don't think you do yourselves any favors. Like if you'd only played miles Morales and you came in this game, I would tell you you're just as lost. Cause you aren't going to understand, you know, what Pete's going through at this point too. So. Who's Pete. Right. Um, I do want to point out I, when I picked up miles Morales and I'm showing this on Twitch right now for the non Twitch listener, mm -hmm. this is the ultimate edition of miles Morales. Right. And notice there's an icon on it and it says include Spider-Man and it's remastered. So if you pick up this game, if you find it on sale like I did at Best Buy, and let's say you, you're new to this universe and you want to get into it, which, I mean, I'm sure that exists, you get a mm -hmm. copy of that game remastered and you'll get Miles Morales to set you right up to get into Spider-Man 2, um, which is cool. And I got to say something that I really that really got me intrigued to, to play this game because I, I do want to play Spider-Man 2, but I haven't. When I loaded this up, for one thing you forgot to tell me was how cool, you know how I am about music. The, the 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 load screen and the start screen for miles morales i want that song i don't know what it is i don't know if sure. it's an instrumental from something jamming so hey sean and, huh what are you playing oh yeah yeah true i do want to say too john 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 it's not i before i start and this is my lead-in uh to what i'm playing john sent a me a text this, but... <laughs> and it was it was Friday. Oh. It was Friday. What's that? Oh, that's from that? the. That looks like the seal of the president. So I'm <laughs> gonna say the presidential two. library, right? Um, and it was a picture of John, and I think he had just got back into his vehicle from going to GameStop, and John was holding Spider-Man Two on his PS5 and a copy of Super Mario Brothers Wonder. What was not pictured though? Uh, I can't see. Can I say that word? <laughs> yes, Let's just can. say John would not. It's be a able medical to, term. It's a John medical wouldn't be able to stand up due to the fact that he does not need Cialis <laughs> or Viagra because when he held those games, a certain thing was happening. But uh, just like John, or at least half of John, I like, no, no, no. Up. I'm sorry, honey. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm, I'm sorry. We're Let me good. Go get my games. Let me go get my but games. I gotta hold the games, and you just don't look at me. Just don't. It's fine. Um, I picked up Super Mario Wonder 2. Also, not 2, because it doesn't, there's not a 2. Uh, Chris also bought Mario Wonder, and so did John. Uh, Chris has recently started playing it after yeah. he got done with Miles Morales, I believe. I'm in, like, World 2. This is World the best 2, yeah. Um, I'm going to go ahead and go on record, and I'm going to lead off with a bang and say I think this is the second best 2D Mario. And Behind for me, three? It only sits behind Mario World for me. Boom. Um, the 
I have I I don't even know can, how to say. Can this. I say I, I read I read a I read a headline for an article today that said that said <clears throat> Mario World is the best Mario game ever made, not three. And I'm tired of people pretending that it's not. <laughs> it's <laughs> see, Chris. Hey, three is great. It is. It, it. I think it's the best Mario for Nintendo. There you go. Like Big the league. Nintendo Entertainment System. <laughs> Look, <laughs> you can, I believe you're entitled to your wrong opinions, just like John was previously. So if you believe that Super Mario World is the best. 2D Super Mario. You're entitled to that opinion. I'm into, what was right, my wrong right. opinion previously? That Insomniac is more right. valuable than. Yeah. <laughs> but there was there was an excitement. I'm a, I'm in my 40s. There's there's no secret. I mean, we host a podcast about video games. We're nerds. We love them. When things that we don't think we'd ever see or didn't know we would see happen, we get excited about them. But there was a boy, like a boy wonder happiness and giddiness to me when I realized that the day was coming out where not only would we get Spider-Man two, we'd also be able to pick up Mario, uh, super Mario brothers wonder. And I knew that Chris, uh, and I don't, I think you may have said it, Chris, I wasn't sure what John was going to do, but I think you said your goal was to play Spider-Man first, that yeah. Mario would, it's a game that you know is going to be there for you. Once you get the story you want out of Spider-Man. Correct. Um, but and so I was like, I'm kind of like this huge, I love Mario the series. I love I love a lot of Nintendo games. And and I was really happy to get it. So uh I went I, I gotta tell this story. I go into I go to Walmart because it's the closest store I can go to to buy the game. I wanted a physical copy. I didn't know that this happened. I'm such a dork. I had on the shirt I had on last week. If you watch the stream, if you remember, it's my red shirt that says like Mario on it. And I had on, I'm not kidding you, what appeared to be Mario blue shorts. <laughs> I looked like a nerd going to buy a Mario game. I, and I'm just in there chilling. And I'm like, hey, man, I want to get a game. And he's like, Nintendo, right? And I was like, how the, how did he know that? And then when we go over there, he's like, I was like, I want Mario Wonder. He was like, yep, called it. And I was like, first of all, uh, guy I suddenly hate, can you just get my game and let me go on my way? He's like, shut but, up, Boomer. <laughs> right? He's like, shut up, Boomer. Why are you still playing Nintendo games? But uh, nothing nothing too deep here with, with the story of Mario. Yeah. Bowser's a jerk, and he ruins everything. <laughs> but no, you know the Bowser from the Mario movie? That's kind of like the Bowser that it's the new Bowser. That's the way they want to portray him. You, at the beginning of the game, you, Mario, Luigi, and all the whole cast is going over to this neighboring kingdom of the Mushroom Kingdom called the flower kingdom and boom bowser shows up and this is when you first hear about these things that kind of tie into the title he steals a wonder flower peaches 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 peaches, peaches, and when he does that though just like in the movie some crazy junk happens where the world is is not cool and you your cast of friends agree to to go help um what's really cool that i don't remember it hit me in the way that like mario 2 did you get to choose who you want to play as soon as you play the game, you don't have to just be Mario because you're playing a single-player game. You can be anybody you want to, yeah. including any color Yoshi, and also, I, I, I forget the other thing. The other thing, Yoshi and the other thing that I'm forgetting? Nesbit. Nesbit, yes, thank you. 
they show you uh they say that i don't believe they can take damage but they, they can't also die can't, they can't die yeah they can't die but also they can't get power-ups that you get through the game yeah the bounces. Um, and it i love it the map layout is uh think think mario brothers 3 or think super mario world if you will the way it's kind of set up uh one thing i really found to be adorable was the way mario tra- uh, traverses through the map he's really fast at certain points and then it kind of opens up to where you have this free roam of worlds you want to go to to play um and also there's i've already in the first day of playing I started finding secrets and think about when you, when you played like Mario world and you didn't know that there were secrets and shortcuts to find to get to Bowser's castle or to go to a forest uh, or how do I get out of this forest? I don't know. I had to figure stuff out like different endings to games. This game kind of captured all of that nostalgia for me um, to a new player. I don't know that you'd find it bad. I also don't know if you'd find it as Nostalgic is me, obviously, because it doesn't exist for you. But I do think what you would know is, wow, this is really cool. Each level uh, has so many elements to it, so many layers that that a good Mario game has when Nintendo develops it and the way they develop it. And the reason why you know this is if you played a game like uh, Mario uh, Maker and you see other people make games, they're like, yeah, this is cool, but you know like a Nintendo person, developer, stage designer didn't make it, yeah. right? Um, and that's what a good Mario has for you. And this game is amazing. So you have to go around and find what they call wonder seeds. And they tie finding those in um, as you progress through your maps into your regions to get to basically the castle. You have to kind of like unlock on your way. So some some of your levels may be locked with vines and these wonder seeds help you clear the way. Mm-hmm. and and you get to the castles and you, and you kind of find out the overarching thing is when when bowser did what he did you you have to restore the kingdom and in doing so you're going to get these items that like basically will eventually let you fight bowser which is the end goal was it um, uh, one cool thing huh royal seeds right and then yeah they're called get, royal yeah. seeds good yeah good call mm-hmm. um and they're cool but as you play uh during the in each level you can find a wonder flower and sometimes they're hidden and this is what's really cool about this game um as you find it and and it pops and you go into it the world almost goes i was streaming it on twitch shout out to everybody who watched me on twitch anyway that was a fun night but it almost like you go to the upside down like in stranger things (laughs) That's how. That's the way I can yeah. describe it. It kind of goes, and then like everything's it's alive like, that's not alive. It's yeah. crazy. It, or like it's taken from, like for instance, you have like that level early on with the um, the Rams or whatever I guess they are, mm-hmm. and it's like yeah. you have one or two, and it goes from that to all of a sudden like a barrage of them that you're <laughs> yeah. just riding around on. <laughs> that's a great point. So that in that level, Chris is talking about these Rams when they see you, they charge at you. Yeah. So you be strategic because you may want to clear th- this set of bricks or do this thing. So you need the Ram to charge a certain way. It's just one or two at a time. You go in the wonder flower and boom, think of a train from front to caboose of nothing but Rams. And then you have to decide what are they, what, are, what is the intent of this version of wonder flower? Um, the reason wonder flowers are important to find and go into uh, each level 
will have a, a some data on it before you enter it, and it will tell you how many wonder seeds are potentially available mm. in that level. So as you progress, there you need those to move further, and also just people who like to collect and do all the things in a Mario game that will it's, drive you nuts. It's like what I think pretty much every level, as long as you, when you complete it, you get one. And then you there's at least one. Yeah, there's usually at least one more hidden in, I would say, most. And I want to say, I think I've seen up to three now, right? Yeah, there is up to three, yeah. which blows my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, each level, it, it indicates how, how difficult it is. So, like, the early levels are like a one-star difficulty. Mm-hmm. And then some of the levels get up to a three- or four-star difficulty, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the game is, huh? It, it's yeah. got online multiplayer now. I have not tried that, but... Or, uh, yeah. pretty early on it shows you like this station and it if you walk up to it and interact with it it explains to you that you can play online and in doing so i think it would be cool if all of us eventually one day get on it and maybe some listeners as well and kind of see what happens it supports up to uh uh four players like, yeah. but i'm reading that's it's four players uh mul- local multiplayer mm-hmm. and it has some online multiplayer functionality so it'd be cool to see what what those are um, one really cool thing that I, I like the way this game does is uh, it introduces badges. What That's the heck's the a badge? You, it, yeah, I agree. I think it's kind of the best part because it's kind of like abilities you get to choose to have on when a level starts. Yeah. Uh, an example, one badge that I earned, let me be a big Mario or a big Luigi as the level starts. So it's like I already have a mushroom. I'm already big. It's kind of hype. Some of them have uh, that you get more coins when you collect a coin or some of them have uh, that you, you know, when you do a wall jump in Mario, a lot of times Mario or whoever goes left, right, left, right, they go like that, right? Or they slide right down. This badge allows your first jump to be straight up and then wall jump. Mm -hmm. Uh, Going back to some of the levels that I said were like the four stars, these would be specifically tied to being a pro at a badge. So the whole level is designed for you to use a single badge and then complete the level based on that. Uh, one of the last ones I did was the was the badge for the straight up, and there was a massive jump sequence I had to do. What was the game streamers were playing where you kept jumping up? Up and, and over? Fall? Huh? Up and over? No, it was like they were jumping, and they were going way, way, way up. Hmm. Um, it was a fun game. Which is cool. Uh, but the badges, like Chris said, I'm sorry, I got a little distracted. I, I clicked the wrong screen. The badges make, it's another layer of <coughs> what, what Mario is. Essentially, is just a fun game. It's a, it's a classic time with a new twist. Uh, and I can't wait to, to play it. Uh, you know, it does suck that, that Nintendo games, and we say this a lot, it doesn't have any uh, achievement or trophy system, or it doesn't even have like, I don't I mean, in Zelda, for example, when you beat, when you get to a certain point, it at least tells you how much percentage of the game you've completed. Uh, I don't know if this game has it or not, but, uh, for me, it, there's so much more to discover. And I'd love, I've literally felt like a kid playing this game. I took, I hope my boss isn't listening. I took my switch to work today (laughs) so I could play it. I don't do that a lot. I did that for Metroid. That's right. 
and I did it for Mario. So the last two games I played. And speaking of Metroid, um, I last week I talked about playing that. I did play that leading up to this game. I'm a I can officially say I'm afraid I'm a fan of Metroid games, which is weird. And now I gotta decide if I'm a fan of like prime Metroid games, which are the first person, right, John? Right, Chris? Or if I'm a fan of like 2D, because Dread, I did not like. Like I like the remaster of uh Prime, Metroid Prime. So there you go. Last thing I'm going to say that I'm playing this week is going to be a surprise to some of you. <laughs> Due to a challenge I gave to one of my friends, um, we're going to give a shout out to our friend Mike uh, that we always talk about. You guys know him as uh, Final Fantasy Mike. Mm-hmm. He used to be Ryan Leaf, but now he's he's basically Platinum Mike. Homie <laughs> is up to 49 <laughs> Platinums. 49 Platinums. So for number 50, he wanted to get a, a gusto of a game. Chris was trying to get him to play uh, The Witcher 3, Baldur's Gate. I opened my dumb mouth, and I say Elden Ring would be an uh, amazing number 50 trophy. Why Hold did on, I talk do that? About, talk about a troll, Chris, trying to get Mike to platinum Baldur's Gate 3. Well, he... The way Mike's playing these games, he likes he, Chris he would, thinks he would finish it quicker than the normal person, but by finish it faster than the normal person, we're talking oh. two year commitment. <laughs> Mike comes back, he's fifty two. <laughs> I finally got my fifty. <laughs> oh. is so the the class and think about your circle of friends when you have a thing where you go, You won't do it. If you do X, Y, and Z, I'll do X, Y, and Z too. Or whatever. So the the conversation and my dumb self goes, I'll platinum it with you. <laughs> and that was Not the happening. that was the proverbial push. Later on that day, we went and had lunch together. John was not invited. Oh, I heard I'm sorry, John. Um, we went to Jason's Deli, which is really close to a GameStop where I went in in like circa 2014. I traded in some games. And I got, I got, uh, John, you still do that too, right? You do the trade-in program when you can. Yeah, I got it. I don't have, I don't have uh podcast money like Chris and DJ money like Sean. <laughs> um, I got, I got my game for free. So behind me, and I do this by the way, for Twitch viewers. I don't know if you notice it right here. Where my pen's pointing. That's Mario wonder right there. Beautiful. And right over here is Elden ring. So uh, that's going down. That's what Sean's playing, and also, Sean, Sean, oh, huh, Sean, yeah, you, you got this. I, dude, I think you I got can, this. You can do this. I think I got this. You got this. I had more fun playing that game last night than I had any time I owned it before on my PC. Not saying it'll be easy, but you I, can do. I don't it. think it'll be easy. But you I haven't think gotten you can to a boss it. yet, Chris. I've, I have gotten to can't, not not Chris big bosses. I've gotten Chris to bosses. Not, Chris does not have the skill to do it. You can do it. <laughs> I'm sorry. If you, that was my I'm wife. Fine. She wanted to know where the lighter was. It's right there. Um, for the record, uh, Baller's Gate 3 has has like 17 missable trophies. Yep. Yep. That's uh, what I'm talking about. Seven uh, out of ten. <laughs> Elden Ring has one missable trophy. But yeah. all good news, bad news. Good news, one missable trophy. Bad news, every other trophy in the game is beating the bosses. <laughs> so that's gonna be funny also shout out to vr owners 
uh, tomorrow, so at midnight tonight, Ghostbusters VR comes out. That's going to hey, be what Sean's also It's another game you haven't beaten. Yep. Yep. <laughs> but I've also beaten the hardest Souls game, which is Sekiro. No, it's not. Truth. The hardest boss is in this one. <laughs> the hardest overall game, pound for pound, is Sekiro. That's what I've heard. And Blood John born. beat it. <laughs> but ladies and gentlemen, as always, thank you guys for uh, listening to what we're playing. We hope we either remind you oh yeah, that's out, or man, I, I can't wait to play that, or whatever. We did see during us chatting, um, for example, like Huck. Shout out to Huck. We haven't seen you in a while. Um, when John was talking about the cutscene, or the lack of cutscene, she said uh, she feels like that game style where it makes you go learn about a koi forces you to connect with the story, and you would halfway pay attention to a cutscene. And Acid Sugar then said, um, you know, boring cutscenes suck. I don't want to be in them. I don't want to have to watch them. So uh, it is what it is. But uh, you guys, anything you're playing, uh, Punkhead says, I got to finish BG3. So that's Baldur's Gate 3. And I don't know what the cuss word sugar, sugar sparkles is. What is Acid, that? Acid, do you have my I'm number guess, today? Uh, Are you undermining everything I say today? Seems I almost like you're wonder. Undermining. You're supposed to be on my side. Well, <laughs> I wonder if sugar sparkles is his BG3 character. Oh, yeah. Oh, but there you go. Of always, we'd love to hear what uh, what you guys are currently playing. You guys have been doing that in chat and email and Discord and all kind of things. So, with that, boys, if we're done, we can move on to whatever's next. Chris, email. You do stuff, <laughs> no, it's news. <laughs> Hot off the press and straight to your ears. Weekly games chat presents the news. oh boy it's not me it's not me it's unreal the person who doesn't know that it's their turn i I know i'm just getting something ready so um i want to tell you uh sean if you platinum elden ring i will give you the elden ring is that oh that's not that's not the elden ring that is is the Elden Elden ring yeah where did you get that from? Got that with GameStop, right? Yeah, it was a uh, it was a pre order bonus. Came in a pouch. Ah. I still <laughs> fun fact. I still have my uh, what is it? I think it's uh, Dark Souls three. Like they gave you the the fireside with the sword where it's going yeah. into it. It's still the keychain for my uh my laundry room key <laughs> oh yeah yeah uh, like one that. thing one thing sean can always say i always give him most cool of my trinkets pre- and stuff my pre-order bonuses at gamestop i usually he really does really all does. right which, which is totally unreal oh, oh. Uh, <laughs> pro move ea motive has confirmed the development of its upcoming iron man game iron man in Unreal Engine 5. This comes via a long-awaited update from the studio. According to a blog post from the dev team, Unreal Engine 5 will be, quote, empowering the dev team to work their magic and create something really special. We're still early in pre-production. I love pre-production. Good pre-production is great, isn't it? What? And take, it's, very, it's very potent. <laughs> and, taking, <laughs> and taking our time 
to make sure we set the best possible foundation for development. But already we're finding so many opportunities to explore story, design, and gameplay with Iron Man. And it's exciting to see the fantasy start coming alive. Sean. Sir. How hard <laughs> are you <laughs> for Iron Man? <laughs> um, I don't, you know, I'm just sitting right at like a, if it was low, mid, or high for excitement, I'm kind of at a mid-level. What? Yeah, I I don't know why you asked me the question right now, and that's where I sit right now. You're an idiot. Um, <laughs> I love Iron Man. I love everything. I run, I I run love Man. I run Man. I run Man. I love Iron Man 5000. <laughs> but, like, it just we'll have to wait and see because, you know, like we do. That's it. That's very insightful. That's all um, I got. <laughs> Chris, are you happy to finally play an Iron Man game that's not in VR? I never played an Iron Man game in VR, so that's my um, point. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, especially if it's it's done in the service of the comics, I think that'd be really cool. Because, like, I love Iron Man in the movies, and that's great. But like, I run man. It's not like the movies and everything don't really necessarily feel like Tony Stark, the comic. If you get what I'm saying, I'm sure you understand that, John, like, especially like early nineties, Iron Man comics. Um, so it would be really cool to see someone coming in and do their thing like that isn't tied to the MCU. And it's just focused on his troubles and, and you like that and like, you know, do maybe do some of these villains that, they felt they had to change things around to make them work for the MCU. And now that you don't have to worry about China or something like that, actually make them what they are <laughs> in the comics. I would love to see that. So I hope it works out. Well, it's been done. It's being done by EA motive who recently did um, dead space remake. Yeah. Which isn't bad. The chat that just came in from acid sugar says no one can reproduce Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man, right? He's got sure. a point. So do something and I was, different. But I was worried about that. And the only the only thing I've got is uh that I've played is the Iron Man VR. Mm-hmm. And that that Tony Stark, the essence of what Tony Stark is and how he acts was captured. So I do have faith that it can be at least um not not be exactly the same, but be close enough to where we appreciate what it is. My favorite thing about Tony's about uh, uh Downey Jr.'s Tony Stark is how he riffs on <laughs> Thor all the time. It's like he calls him Point Break. He calls him. He calls him Lebowski. <laughs> he calls him. <laughs> yes. The first thing he says in Avengers is, "Does you does does thou mother know you weareth her drapes?" <laughs> that kind of stuff. <laughs> it's just. It's almost like they needed to turn Spider Man's quips in the comics and then sort of infuse it into into. Iron Man, because everybody knows before the Marvel Cinematic Universe that Spider-Man was your Marvel mascot. I mean, he was your front and center for sure face of Marvel. And so they kind of it's almost like they needed to infuse that. That personality trait into the character. So I don't know why I talked about that. I'm sorry. All right, we need to think of a pivot real real quick, Chris. Um, Or transition. You need need a transition. transition, Really? True. Well, <laughs> well done. 
Rumors, hype, and excitement continue to rise regarding the release of Switch 2, according to Doug Bowser. He's the uh, president of Nintendo, Nintendo of America. The Nintendo account is a constant during the inevitable transition. Quote, there have been reports that Nintendo showed off a successor to the, of the Switch behind closed doors during Gamescom. As we have discussed, the Switch has had a long lifespan and a huge install base. <laughs> How, when you consider the idea of a successor to the Switch, uh, do you think about helping those people who are on the console transfer to the next platform while reassuring them that the content and investment in the Switch will somehow transfer to its successor? But one thing we've done with the Switch to help with that communication and transition is the formation of the Nintendo account. In the past, every device we transitioned to had a whole new account system. Creating the Nintendo account will allow us to communicate with our players if and when we make a transition to a new platform to help ease the, that process or transition. Uh, John, do you still think that means he's going to make you rebuy all those Zelda games when you buy your SWES? All right, I'm out. I'll see you guys later. Chris just uh, killed the show. Yep, you're but you, you beat me to it, Sean. I was like, Sean, how am I supposed to answer this doofus? <laughs> <laughs> no, Chris, I, I think I think uh I think this is encouraging language. Mm-hmm. Uh regarding transitioning to another console. You're hearing the right stuff. Um moving. But at the same time. It's still, it's still Nintendo. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So Who knows, right? <laughs> I will be, I am very, you don't hear them talking about stuff like this, this way, but I'm hearing all the right things regarding, I get to keep the games and that I had on last gen and continue to play them. I get to, I, I you know, all this, all the cloud saves and, and the account information, all that stuff stays in place. So they're saying, they're saying one, Sean's a moron. And two, I like what I'm hearing so far, but that doesn't mean that I'm not going to buy Super Mario Brothers 3 for the 87th time. Sean, what's your freaking problem, man? The reason that Chris can officially get the introduction, Sean, tell me. Um, yeah. yeah, I could. <laughs> the, uh, the reason I laughed because it hit me. It hit me. The reason it's going to be easy and that they're letting us do this it's because they're literally going to paint a switch to be Super Nintendo colors. <laughs> it's going to have a double OLED screen and just a little bit better processor. We're screwed. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, uh, the, the Nintendo account is legit. I'll, I'll give them that. With the cloud saving and and it used to be a pain in. It used to be a pain. I never, I was a Nintendo guy and never had my cuss word together when it came to my accounts, my logins. It was a mess. Um, one easy transition I had from console to console was Wii to Wii U. It literally had a thing, like a, a piece of software built in that said transfer to new console. And then it was showed like on the screens, like the little stuff moving from one to the other. It was adorable. Um, so I'll, I don't want to get too excited to know that I could get a switch 
two or the next Nintendo, whatever they're going to call it in the next year or two. Um, because I won't be able to stand up like, like John happens to a lot. If, if I actually get confirmation of this, cause I, uh, I really, I really like my Nintendo switch OLED edition. Look, if they don't do, if they don't make this the transition that we think we're hearing, Sean and I are still going <laughs> to. <laughs> Chris refuses to participate in this fiasco. Yeah. <laughs> um, my one hey. big hope will be that they just uh, drop the friend codes thing this time. Or yeah, make it like an optional way, like if you want to do it for children, I get that. But like, just just do the basic, you know. Like, but like, we, if you're a grown man, like I yeah, am, like you know, know when I when I go to the e shop, I don't put my friend code in, right? I don't want to have to think about my friend code ever again. I just want to be able to go. Here is my email. Here is my password. Cool. Here like is my, my handle. Here this is, is my spout. Here is my now primary console, right on Swes. Um, yeah that's getting into the weeds of what we want the software to do and yeah. stuff oh i got a list for that yeah oh I, but i mean like, that's like, that to me is like the most basic level of like you need to do this and to john's point like the next big thing would be like just making sure that they need to get into the habit of finally letting you but build that library right nintendo's got a bad well i mean look it's an opportune history i guess is the better way to say it of taking advantage of from one generation to the next of getting you to rebuy things and spend money um i want them to uh <laughs> that's a great shot <laughs> uh, um you know i i want you to be able to go out there and just know that whatever you bought last generation for the most part outside of maybe like issues with licensing those rare occurrences that's coming with you you could play it the switch version sure you might have to pay for an upgraded swiss version if that's what you know they end up having those um oh you're muted john so ha 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 jokes on you um but you know uh, that's that's the big thing i want to be able to build my library I bought a lot of stuff digitally this time. I don't want to have to rebuy it. Or did you buy a lot of stuff digitally? Has it has it acclimated? Like we were talking about this yesterday. I know. I think that I, was us talking about it, Chris. Yeah, like I bought maybe. I think the last thing I bought that was physical was Bravely Default Two. In my physical collection, I have way more Nintendo Switch games physically. Yeah. And second place would be PlayStation 4 games. Third place Xbox and in dead last place PS5 games. Hmm. Dead last. I mean dead last. My dead last is a PC. <laughs> <laughs> True. Touche. Um Touche. So the headline reads and hopefully it's not what John thinks. Let's just hear Doug Bowser out because Doug says we don't need unions. Mm. All right, everybody calm down. Get your unions where we're going. We don't need. need I was going to go with the we don't need no stinking unions. We don't need no. <laughs> Doug Bowser has claimed his company doesn't have any workers unions in part because of high employee satisfaction. Bowser was recently asked about what role unions <laughs> will play in the future 
of the company. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I love the way that re- read. Bowser was ass. Bowser. It was quite funny. <laughs> oh, we don't currently have unions at Nintendo of America because I'm amazing. My name's Doug Bowser. And part of that is driven by the employee feedback we see, which is a high degree of job satisfaction and engagement overall. You only have to look at our retention numbers, which are very, very high within the industry and are obviously low turnover rate as a result. Our focus has always been on creating a culture that's inclusive, has a work-life balance, and is focused on our singular mission of bringing Reggie back. Wait, sorry. Bringing (laughs) smiles to faces. That's the end of the quote. And the final thing I'll say is take that socialism. (laughs) No. As you <laughs> as you all expect, if the word union's brought up, we go to John first. John, thoughts? So I pulled this from an article, which is what I typically do. Uh and it and it and the article, I wanted to just make sure I'm being transparent here. The article noted that while Bowser made this comment, it 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 felt like it needed to make remind us all of the controversy last year of some from some disgruntled contractors now the article itself said basically read in and that by reminding the audience of that it was a checkmate on their part but i think more or less this is this is true um, and i'm sure it's verifiable you could probably go on public statements and um, you could see that you could see their um ESG reports and so corporate social responsibility reports and probably find that this is probably what Bowser's saying is relatively true. I'm sure there's some disgruntled employees. I'm sure there's people that aren't happy at the company. That is always the case. You're never going to find 100% satisfaction anywhere except with weekly games chat. Truth. Hmm. Um but yeah, I mean I I, I but <laughs> you know if that changes, hmm. you know, here comes the unions. So there you go. So Bowser has every incentive to keep his employees. Every company has incentive to keep their employees happy to avoid unionization. I wish more companies had that attitude, but that is, that is, that is how you do it. So. Chris, when you think of uh, fun companies to work at where the employees are happy, do you think maybe places like Google or Apple. No. I don't know what you I don't no. know what you think, but in, in what do you think of a good company? Do you think that it's fair to make room for Nintendo in that conversation based def- on what Doug Bowser said? I definitely think Nintendo of America, sure. And like the thing to keep in mind here, I know that there are studios within Nintendo America, like you do have to keep in perspective that the majority of Nintendo's studios are Japanese based. Right, like whoa, whoa, yeah, whoa, yeah. Whoa. So, like, yeah, when you go like Nintendo of America, I more so see it like from Doug Bowser's position. Like, he's not necessarily dealing with the headaches that an EA goes through, right? Or even like Epic here recently, where all of a sudden you have to lay off eight hundred people, despite the fact that you're insanely profitable right now. Um, but that doesn't mean though that the company does a bad job or anything like that. Right. It's just a different world. Like, yeah, they don't have to deal with some of the other problems that our companies here in America do, but that doesn't mean that they don't do a good job of 
treating their employees well. Uh, you know, yeah, there's been some complaints and maybe that is where the weakness is, right? Is how they treat contractors. And maybe that would be the kind of group that would unite if they're going to deal with Nintendo, if they keep feeling like they're being mistreated. But as far as core employees, you know, I'm sure if he's comfortable saying these things that, yeah, it's kind of like what John said. I'm sure you can go look and be like, yeah, they offer good pay, good benefits, and they don't seem to lay off people that often. So that's generally the kind of thing that will keep you from having a union uh, form in your backyard. So, yeah. Speaking of not needing unions, that's a swing and a hit, huh? Is it? You know what else is a swing and a hit? Starfield. Uh, um, Spider-Man 2. Uh, Chris, here's a comic book question. What is the comic book sound phonetically in the comics for Spider-Man shooting his webs? Oh. No, no, no. There's a word. It's, on the, it's always on the comic book page. What's the word? How would you know. sound it out? I do not know. See, she, Shido Monkey she, says thwip. Thank you very much. Thwip. thwip. That's the that's the sound it makes. Whip whip. That's the sound. He's never read comics confirmed. He's never read a comic in his life. I was about to say. You know the sad part is I turned on the whole entire. uh, You know, there's that thing like where you can turn on comic sound effects like visually in this. Are you serious? It was in the last game too, with the one suit. I know. Uh... But um, (laughs) and like I saw that as I was playing that, and it just never registers in my mind. I guess. My favorite outfit from the first game was the animated comic book outfit. That was always my favorite one. Anyway, Marvel's Spider-Man 2 is currently enjoying huge huge sales success. It has become the fastest-selling PlayStation Studios game over a single-day period. Sean, I'm so thankful that I get to read this one, by the way. Uh, The game sold more than 2.5 million copies in 24 hours. This figure includes pre-order sales and units bundled with ps5 and here's the reason why i'm happy about this dad simulator ragnarok was the previous holder of the record for day one launch mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it's the only way i get fun out of doing the show notes i'm like he, 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 he. <laughs> all right <laughs> so um according to eric limple's svp global marketing quote on behalf of sony interactive entertainment I want to say thank you for the fans. We truly hope you are enjoying your time playing as Peter and Miles in this ima- in this amazing adventure, end quote. Chris, can you explain to the audience what we all know, that Insomniac is the most valuable studio <laughs> at the company? In 50 words or less, Explain to the audience why that's true. Well, the makers of Dad Simulator Ragnarok did their numbers with far less consoles available to them, but you know they did them, and uh, I don't know. But no, uh, amazing success, definitely deserved. Um, you know, I think this is what happens when you give a big property to a really good studio. Um, you know, and they've earned it and they deserve all the credit. And as someone who is probably the only one here who played Sunset Overdrive, I hate you both. I played Sunset Overdrive. Really? Did you though? I played Sunset Overdrive. Yeah. 
You got me to play Sunset Overdrive, you drunk son of a Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. As the only person who beat Sunset Overdrive. Here we go. (laughs) Now we got to, here we go. (laughs) Sean, Sean, don't tell Chris, but I didn't play Sunset Overdrive. I did. It was garbage. What? (laughs) Fun fact. Sunset Overdrive, the traversal system. Wait. That is what, that's what's in Spider-Man. Back up and take away what I just said. It hit me that I did not play Sunset Overdrive. Mm-hmm. What was the game recently on Game Pass that I played that you got me to play that was kind of in that same art style of Sunset Overdrive? That, That's the game. That oh, Hi-Fi really Rush? That's the game I played. <laughs> not Sunset Overdrive! <laughs> Sean, do you yes, think yes, the, when do you think you'll get to play Spider-Man 2? Because it, like, it looks like you have a big... Uh, I got a huge... I'm in a I'm in a John backlog situation at this point with a new VR game and Ghostbusters coming out. I'm stressing. I love, the, back, it's already, I love a good backlog. Dog, it's already like Halloween. We don't have much time to do anything. As a matter of fact, I got to make a commitment to not buy another game for the rest of the year. Exactly, dude. Avatar, I'm trying though. to see what's oh a freaking Avatar man. Hope that it's bad. I don't want that game. I don't want that. I'm not. Do you want it. Ubisoft to fail? No, I don't. Yeah, I didn't I say that. that. No, that's what John said. He said, I hope it's bad. Right. Hold on. New and but I, to kind of Chris's point, and this is this is what happens. You put in hard work, your studio in an insomniac, and you make a Spider-Man game that that like the fans let you know it was good because it was good. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't always happen. You may have an amazing dream team that you think a game's gonna be a hit, and it's a thud. And it was not a thud. So I believe that the fact that we knew we had a good product, plus the fact of the way they marketed the game, uh, it was gonna it was gonna lead to high sales. It's a it's a common sales tactic. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but it's all, I think it only is valuable and viable, I should say, based on the success of Miles Morales and the first Spider Man game and the quality that, that they are. It, it let people know you know what they were going to get. So I can't wait to play it. It will happen. As a matter of fact, I'm about to go ahead and order the Spider-Man edition of PS5. Mm, Nice. Sean, what game came out today that you and I were talking about last week? Is that the one? Can (laughs) I say it? (laughs) Can I say it? We're covering it next week. (laughs) Confirmed. Hold on. Let me make sure. Is can we say that name? Yes, it's a technical term. We could say it. Oh, Chris is going to get the dump button ready, Chris. <laughs> Mark this number. This is a real game that's coming out. <laughs> and John's going to make me say it, and I don't, I'm going to say it. He says it's a real game. If this is a troll moment, it's called Semen Donation Truck Game. <laughs> I believe it. It's it probably out, on Steam, right? <laughs> it came out, no pun intended, today. Nice. Semen donation truck. John told me. Um, how did, I forgot how you said it. Oh, we were talking at work and you said I'm low key or no, you said something to the effect of I'm actually really excited about a game coming out. And I was like, what game? And he's like, I'm going to text you. <laughs> yeah. I was he like, didn't I want to put that. I oh, can't type funny. this into the IM. I can't do that. Well, the semen donation truck. <laughs> semen donation truck. Speaking of leaks, Ooh. Chris, 
A Japanese Assassin's Creed game has long been awaited by fans. Codename Assassin's Creed Red. Well, its protagonist has seemingly been leaked by a developer. Originally reported by Eurogamer. You gotta love this. Ubisoft senior writer Pierre Baudor. Baudet? Baudor? I don't know. Baudreau. Yeah. Well, Boudreau. Peace, Paul. <laughs> Pierre B. <laughs> Pierre Boudreau <laughs> changed his LinkedIn cover photo to what was likely Assassin's Creed, Assassin's Creed Red's protagonist. It didn't take long for him to change it back to Ivor, Avor, whatever. Uh, the image appeared to be a female assassin wielding a katana against a red background. Uh, as previously revealed, the game is set in feudal Japan as the next premium flagship title in the future of our open world RPG games. That was a quote at the end. Um, John, do you often go to your LinkedIn and accidentally post, I don't know, things that probably have, uh, <laughs> what you call it, was the word I'm looking for, non-disclosure forms attached to it for your background? No, no, I don't. But I was about to say, since it was on LinkedIn, nobody saw it, you know? So. Ooh. Mm, everyone who was trying to hire him did. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did you just low-key say that LinkedIn doesn't work for corporate America? Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> 100% said it. 100%. Just because they're not calling you, John. <laughs> Ouch. Mm-hmm. Did you have anything what? more for that? You asked me a question. I answered it. Oh, you got nothing? You think Else? that was a good burn? That was overcooked, John. That wasn't a burn. He asked me a specific question. I thought we. I thought I'd answered it. Oh, okay. Uh, Sean. Yes. <clears throat> Did this make you want Assassin's Creed Red more? <laughs> he doesn't know what to ask. <laughs> yeah, I have nothing. We're entering kind of tipsy Chris mode. Um. Well, I, yeah. I got to be honest. I know Why wouldn't nothing you be honest? about. Do you lie Assassin's all the time? I've got I've got no idea what Assassin's Creed Red is. I call myself an Assassin's Creed fan. It's and, Ghost uh, of Tsushima, but good. <laughs> it's the first of uh, it's the first of their ninety five planned titles right. for Assassin's Creed I, over the next four years. I, dude, my I check so far out when they listed all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, listen, what's going to happen just like it did with Mirage when it gets closer to coming out and it is what it is. I'm buying it because it's Assassin's Creed and I own literally every Assassin's Creed except for the side scrollers, which I think I may even own digitally. I'm not sure. Well, the next Assassin's Creed is actually called Assassin's Creed Seaman Donation Truck. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about open world. I mean, that is just. Wowee. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, we, wow, we, Chris. What's your thoughts on this, buddy? Pivoting it back to you. Um, yeah, like I said, <laughs> when you're um, when you're updating things online that can be viewed by people, it's not very wise to use things that could be tied to even promotional Chris, art. How about, this, how about this question, John? Is feudal Japan a place you're re- you're looking forward to visiting in the Assassin's no, Creed universe? No, 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 no. You you missed your opportunity. Um, I kind of want to answer that question. <laughs> yeah, you could have jumped off, kind of like you do in Assassin's Creed. Um, Whoa! but <laughs> I don't know. 
uh, it, it's just funny that someone put that up there and they're like, Oh, you know, just put this up. I, I mean, like, obviously I think he was screwing up and he <laughs> probably meant to put something else up and he clicked the wrong thing. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Good question in the chat by acid sugar. So wait, where does the hidden blade go in the semen truck? I wonder yeah, if Katana, I wonder though, if uh, Jason Schreier was sitting there reading that Ooh. and going like, it's really nice to know I'm going to, not be hated for this one <laughs> by this company. Yeah, they uh, Ubisoft either when it comes to Assassin's Creed either gets has leaks internally or someone on an airplane accidentally is has their laptop open and you could see yeah. Assassin's Creed 4 black flag. They so. need to get a certain company's IT security protocol reminders on what not to do on airplanes. <laughs> they need That's a right. ping alert, don't they? <laughs> they really do. <laughs> Tighten that on up. Um or you'll have a massive fallout like that last story. You know what I'm saying? Ooh. Ladies and gentlemen, the Fallout TV show is coming. Like this. <laughs> what? Mm. <laughs> what happened? The Fallout TV show is coming. Did I mistype something? Oh my goodness. No, I almost said a bunch of things that <laughs> shouldn't have. The Fallout TV show is coming April 12, 2024. The confirmation comes from a tweet which reveals the release date from inside of a Pip-Boy. While we've only had a small glimpse of the show, it is evident that production values are high. Not as high as Neil Druckmann's Last of Us. The show is helmed by Jonathan Nolan, the creator of Westworld, Chris's favorite HBO show and will appear to have plenty of fan-favorite aspects to appeal to long-running fans of the franchise, once again like Chris. So, it makes sense to go to Chris first and ask him his thoughts on this upcoming Fallout TV show just in general. Chris? I'm anticipating it. Thank you. Do you think, does a follow-up, Chris, do you think it'll be <laughs> as as trash as the Halo show, or do you think it'll be better? I think it'll be better. Jonathan Nolan is a proven creator and uh showrunner thank you as another follow-up question do you think they won't have you in a bunker much like they took off master chief's helmet for no reason they've already teased that like the original games it takes place in los angeles and that they will be using fallout shelter 33 thank you john <laughs> let's go to you um do you also think the fallout games suck what? That has nothing to do with the TV show. <laughs> Sean, do you want to play? Why aren't we playing 76? I don't know. <laughs> it has a new icon and everything. They you realize like the whole series is on yeah. PC Game Pass, right, guys? You could just go play. No. What? No, it's not. Is it really? Yeah. Yes. Don't you lie to me. Not you. But they uh, are they good? Should I play them? I don't know. I haven't played them. <laughs> Chris said yes. They are. So, John, seriously, what's your thoughts on the Fallout TV show at all? I'm Any? looking forward to it. I'm, I'm curious. I, I, I mean, I, I am too. I, all I, the jokes like about... To... Yeah. Go ahead. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's just fine. Just barrel over me. I will, yeah. I will say I will be heartbroken if the opening to the series is not read by Ron Perlman at this Who? point. That Hellboy? Hurts. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. No. Beauty and the Beast. Uh the 80s, the late 80s television show with No, uh, his character from Don't Look Up. <laughs> <clears throat> uh 
Oh, my goodness. Right. Hey, that's not all the Xbox-related news we have. Mm. We also have some partner preview stuff, right, guys? Is this me? Yep. Microsoft has announced an upcoming Xbox partner preview broadcast event set for, for October 25th at 10 a.m. Pacific time. The show will last for 30 minutes and focus. That's how long I last. And focus what? on previews of... <laughs> I mean, Oh, I meant 30 seconds. Uh, on previews of upcoming... It's her fault. Uh, upcoming (laughs) games coming to xbox windows pc and game pass from third parties expect updates for like a dragon infinite wealth alan wake 2 arc survival ascended and dungeons of hinterberg (laughs) chris 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 what do you think of my wife hillary number (laughs) one and he number loves her. two, number two, is there anything? Is there anything you're looking forward to from this preview? Uh, Dungeons of Hinterberg looks really cool. As far as uh, that coming next year, you know, I know it's like Quick Xbox. Question. <laughs> um, also, I mean, I played a little bit of Like a Dragon, and what I played was very interesting and weird. I didn't finish it. I still, especially now that I know it's coming to Game Pass, want to check out Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth since it's a a sequel. So I need to find some weird summary video on the game that will probably make me laugh and (laughs) make me go, WTF is this game as far as the original. Uh, But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And then also, um, what's the uh, the Ukrainian studio? I hope that maybe they show up. Um, Mm. It's been delayed forever now. Uh, shooter, kind of like, oh, dang it, was. I need you to go ahead and get a quick Google search on that. Sean, look at me. <laughs> Some, Sean, uh, sir. Sean yes. look at me. Yes. Ah. Ah. I'm really surprised. Uh. Uh, Chris didn't say he's excited for Alan Wake Two. Out of all the, I mean, I am, but like Alan Wake Two is literally out Friday. So, yeah, you can still be excited for it because this thing we just said is literally out. No, all now people that listen to this recording the day of that they've either missed a partner preview or it's about to happen. Literally, same thing as Alan Wake. You can still be excited for it. No, the only thing I'm excited for is to see will it actually run efficiently. That's all I care about with that game right now is you know because I just keep looking at it. and going, man, those are some really lofty PC requirements there on there. And that to me screams from afar goes, that thing isn't, is either, it's either trying to be cyberpunk in terms of its tech, which I guess it could which be. Which crazy. Yeah. Or it's not very well optimized and it needed to come out now. So, you know, we'll see. Um, I'm trying to see. You still ain't found it. I am trying violence on a stalker stalker two stalker two stalker two yeah that game looks really cool and it got delayed because of the war over there and everything they showed it off i think at gamescom they said this year and it would be cool if there was an update on that so well ladies and gentlemen chris now has to do double duty i said duty (laughs) Finally.
Chris, can you grant me access to that through this microphone? I would love to say, ah. Uh. <laughs> nope. Ah. Uh. Uh, Lord of the Fallen sales. Publisher CI Games has revealed that Lords of the Fallen has sold 1 million copies in 10 days. According to CEO (laughs) Market Timinski, quote, Lords of the Fallen is the most important ambitious game we've ever developed in our 20-year history and the first in our new plan, AAA pipeline of games in the years ahead to see the fresh and innovative take on the action RPG achieve 1 million sales in just 10 days has been humbling for everybody at Hexworks and CGI games. Thank you to all the Lambeers out there who have embarked on their journey across Mornstead, fiercely traveling the lands of the living and the dead. Sean, um, I said, uh, I think it's Lamb Bears, but I read it as Lamb Beers. Do you think that might be named after Bill Lambeer of the... It's a combination of Bill Lambeer of the Detroit Pistons yeah. and the Bears of Chicago, <laughs> the Bears. Okay, okay. So beer Lamb Bears. But uh, how do you feel about this? Uh, that was, This was a game that as I as it started getting close to release, I saw more of it as you tend to do mm-hmm. because it's called like, you know, promotion. Anyway, you and I, I, I was like, Chris, do we want to play this game? And you reminded me that it was a Souls-type game, which completely derailed me. <laughs> Little did I know I'd eventually go get, you know, <laughs> Elden Ring. But uh, you mentioned that the game, uh, I, I don't remember if it got a bad review or it was some quirkiness about it, but you kind of stayed away from it, even being a fan of those kind of games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, there was at least some excitement for me to see what it was about. But then a little caution because it was a Souls game. Very, very true. Uh, in fact, I'm trying to find it real quick just to make sure. There it is. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, John. Hey. You know, they sold a million copies, but this game sits at 59% on Steam right now. Do you think that was a, that was a statement? <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, do you think this might harm their long-term hopes for success, or do you think this is just the beginning of it? That's an excellent question. I did not know that it had that type of reception on Steam. Steam oh, yeah. typically, Steam typically has a, and that's on thirteen thousand reviews. <clears throat> It says mixed. Mm-hmm. Teach me something about Steam reviews. If you hover over the word mixed, it will show you. Oh, nice. I, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that. Fun 59%. fact. I'm a PC gamer, John. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I have no physical disc. <laughs> um, This is interesting. I, I really was anticipating a higher reception of this because... Mm. I, but I think this is in line. This could very well be in line with the original Lords of the Fallen. It mm-hmm. was a cult hit. This, I'd have to know. I'd have to know what the budget for this game was mm-hmm. to have a real understanding of whether they're just doing PR speak or this is really doing well. I mean, I'm sure a lot of studios out there would love to sell a million copies in ten days. The question just is, what is 
what is this from a financial perspective? What what is what is the reality of this number? Because a million sales could mean losing money. Uh, who knows? Uh, so I think it's a wait and see on this. But my perception of this game up until I saw the Steam thing was that this was relatively well liked from a critical perspective, and the and the and the fan the community had embraced it. That maybe not be the case. Maybe I was just misinformed about that. Yeah, it definitely. I would like to give them a try, though. It definitely seems like um, it. You know, it, it hit a peak of forty three thousand concurrence on Steam, which isn't nothing, you know, right? But it definitely has seemed, especially on the PC side, been a roller coaster thing. So I'm like wondering, like, did it have its moment and it made a bunch of money and that's going to be it? Or is it going to be something that maybe, you know, because it seems like they took a big risk going to Unreal 5 being a smaller team and not having major resources. So I wonder, as they get better with this, learn it more, what's it going to be like in, say, a year from now as it hits steam sales, will we start to see like resurgence in the population and more and more people kind of give it a chance. Yeah. But I don't know. Uh, Either way, million sales is never something, especially like when you're not talking about like a major, major, major game, uh, something to scoff at. So congrats to them, at least in the short term. It's a, it's a 75 on Metacritic. Yeah. On PC. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What is that? Oh, it's kind of low on consoles. Mm-hmm. Well, so. Yeah. Shame. 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 Let's see. You know what? By, compar- by comparison, Lords of the Fallen original is 68 on Metacritic. Wrap this up. Never to be safe. Email, email, email. Hey, emails. Email. <laughs> That's I love that, John, so much. Good man. Like <laughs> electronic mail from the future. Email. I don't know what to say. What just happened? From the uh, voice words. What did you just say? I said from the spooky year 3000. Oh, oh, Ladies and gentlemen, this is the part of the show where we read emails and other things, and we start off, uh, you know, with emails. So I'll give you our official inbox. I almost just messed up. Weeklygameschat at gmail.com, and we'll read your email just like we're about to read. Alejandro, who says, gentlemen, he told us fatigue. The reviews for Insomniac Spider-Man 2 have uniformly been positive. But reading between the lines, there seems to be a touch of fatigue with the formula. 
Reviewers at IGN and Forbes are saying, yes, it's great, but it's been there, done that. Do you think it's a case of open world fatigue or is it superhero fatigue, specifically with the Marvel properties? Uh, perhaps the Enunu, I don't know how to say that word, uh, E-N-N-U-I. And how do I say that, John? <laughs> Dang you, Alejandro, with your smart words. Yeah, he's got smart words, man. I yeah. don't know what that is. Uh, comes from the fact that it's been such a spectacularly great year for video games. Uh, so being really good isn't just enough. Looking forward. So I guess he's saying basically maybe the crux of it comes down to that. Uh, uh, a feeling, it means boredom. A feeling of weariness and dissatisfaction. It's actually pronounced ennui. 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 Let's play it on we and be bored <laughs> on we uh look forward to hearing your thoughts venomously yours see what he did there because you know venom. i do yeah alejandro and this is sent from a little bodega in the big apple and i know I why he said he that there yeah. too huh yeah it's nice. bodega cat um i think well, it I mean, it could be fairness, both yeah yeah and, and and what's cool is is like last week and it's probably no this week sorry mm-hmm. when you hear what Chris said about his you know time in platinum in the game uh, and what John's felt so far you'll kind of see that I don't know maybe maybe it's not fatigue maybe it's awesomeness and just play like, the game it does great things but like he is fair and like I can say that is there like where. There, at least with the open world stuff, I will say there was a sense for me of I've been here and I've done this before. Like literally both games have before this have very similar open world activities. So you can make a point there on that. Doesn't mean that it detracts though from the overall experience in a very like major way, right? It's just like, it's the one thing you're like, yeah. It's kind of like that thing of like Assassin's Creed. Doesn't mean like Assassin's Creed is is bad, but like there are certain things about Assassin's Creed that would like just keep propping up every game, and you'd be like, "Yeah, I've done that." You know, you you just get, and I've I've tolerated that for X amount of games, and as you keep doing it on and on, it gets harder and harder to maybe look past certain things that early on you were just like push this aside and focus on all this big stuff that's there for you for the first time. Yeah. But I don't know. I think IGN and GameSpot and Forbes Mm. were kind of, you know, outliers in the vast list of nines and tens out there. But, you know, I say outlier when they gave it an eight saying it's a great game. So there you go true as always great email alejandro uh sorry you're stuck at work but thank you for checking into the twitch stream to let us know that you were in fact stuck at work (laughs) (laughs) john you gonna read that other email for us sure then we did the monster mash monster is this officially (gasps) next week's tuesday it's halloween i'm out by the way pto for sean just hit me Secondly, Hollowicked is coming, boys. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't realize what I was reading, man. Okay. You good? I I got, yeah, I'm good. I got to get ready. All right. It just caught me off guard. 
It's mm. fine. Hollowick is coming, boys. Meow, what do you think? You playing any classic horror games, Meow? Or yeah, y'all need to watch Captain Lazar Hawk on the Netflix of Golden Pony Boy. Meow, yeah, on the music thing. I'm like a lot of different. And like Sean, my mom let me listen to whatever I want to on music. She like a bunch of music, Evil Stones, Megadeth, etc. Meow, Chrono Cross had a fire soundtrack. So did Legacy of Lagaya, classic Meow. Well, boy, it's time to taco that too. Got guy. <laughs> up and let pink taco down giggity giggity goo much love boys p.s this is my other best friend bear wolf porn ski boy fit up that's fin a, up that's a dolphin reference for oh. for the record that's an awesome photoshop right there it really is it's he needs uh, to design a that logo it's the uh <laughs> it's the cherry blossoms that really bring out the photo i think hey let do you guys do you, down, we we talk about this this uh, before? Have you guys thought about playing a scary game for Halloween? I'm gonna play Alan really. Wake. I'm gonna play Elden Ring. Scary, scared to death. Also, Ghostbusters. So that's a yes for me. I'm getting Ghostbusters on VR. Ghostbusters is not gonna be scary. You just remember that story I told you about that bloody red dude that kept running at me in Elden Ring. Mm. Sean doesn't remember. In his mind, I never played Elden Ring. <laughs> <laughs> Like, did I ever mention Shadow Gambit, the Pirate's Curse? <laughs> According that to Sean, no. Totally gut busted <laughs> John. Oh my God, John's hilarious. Whoo! <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Twitter.com still exists. You can find us there at Weekly Games Chat. And lo and behold, John is Prime mentioned us uh that means i gotta read this one what the f john do you want to log into twitch real quick and do this uh at weekly games chat it was start over i gotta pull the john at weekly games chat x don't give it to you meow stop drop meow it down and got got all over the place whoa john took pto so he could go gto got got that old face <laughs> while he played resident evil sean dropped that dj noise chris stay groovy and stop Shop smart shop s smart that was me photo meow <laughs> that's funny uh we also had a uh i thought we had a, a dm mm. no we don't that was that was not the case um i do want to point out i think we have some new followers we haven't said this in a while uh i thought so i think somebody followed us and then unfollowed us because there was two now there's one at uh lee jeffords thank you hey, so lee. much for the follow we're going to follow you back and like we always do we give you a little taste of what you do um and you apparently are an american songwriter poet lee greenwood i suddenly feel more sophisticated we know a poet ladies and gentlemen but if you want to be part of our extremely quiet social media on twitter <laughs> uh please follow us at weekly games chat over there um lastly we're going to pivot over to the discord uh there is an email there that i wanted to highlight unfortunately i couldn't watch this video and let me explain to you what it is this is from our friend yuri he says hey guys have you ever tried hooking up a modern pc or console to an old school crt monitor if you have a chance please watch the video in the article before the show i tried to and it took me to uh eurogamer eurogamer.net and unfortunately if you want one of you guys want to try it and watch it Unfortunately for me, there's way too many pop-ups that I don't I don't like dealing with. 
<laughs> and cookie tracking and all that stuff. So I'm Yuri's out. been leading you for years to get you into a. <laughs> yeah, this is it. I trusted him and I clicked it. Now you have my identity. But yeah. the, the article is from Eurogamer is that they played modern games on a CRT monitor and the results are phenomenal. Huh. And it goes on to say that it's true. Running modern games on a vintage CRT monitor produces absolutely outstanding results. So that caught my eye. And there's a picture of Probably like an old school monitor. Like. So I, I kind of want to see what that's about. So I may go... Uh, and check that out. I just didn't get a chance to watch it before the show, but that is a that's a cool concept. Uh, merging old tech with new tech, not necessarily new, but I've never seen like a you know a PS5 hooked to a CRT monitor. I wonder what that would be like. I don't know. Ooh, voice. How how about it, huh? This has been episode 423 of Weekly Games Chat. Uh, we want to thank you for anyone who downloads the show and remind you that whenever you do that, if there's a chance to leave feedback, please leave some for us. It'll help folks find us just like you did and help our community grow. Uh, speaking of community, if you want to watch us live record this episode, you can twitch.tv. Just search for weekly games chat and you can see us in the flesh. Also, emails our official inbox is weeklygameschat at gmail.com. We have a Twitter that we just talked about at Weekly Games Chat is how you'll find us and can mention us and message us there. And then our Discord community is is what it is. It's amazing. Uh, call a spade a spade. It's, it's pretty phenomenal. Uh, this is the point where I finally get to look back at John after a week's absence and tell him I love him. I love you, Chris, as well. And to both of you, game on, Chris. Game on, John. Game on, John, Sean. Game on, guys. Peace out. Everybody. Your mom's box. Took my